This is Infants on Thrones. The philosophies of men mingled with humans. We are the core. After your faith has let you down. Welcome back to Infants on Thrones. I'm Glenn Ostland, and this is episode 559, Street Epistemology, the one with the Mormon couple. Today we're joined once again by Anthony Magnabosco, along with a few others to go through an interview that Anthony did about this time last year, October 2017, I think it was. We recorded this in October earlier this year. An interview that Anthony did with a Mormon couple that he met at a park in San Antonio. But before we get to that discussion, there's two quick items of business. First, if you are a regular listener to Infants on Thrones, you probably already know that on November 28th, nearly two weeks ago, our friend and colleague, Brother Jake, suffered cardiac arrest at his home in North Carolina. Jake is still in the hospital. He's surrounded by family and friends, and he's been defying the odds each day, but there's still a lot of uncertainty surrounding his recovery. Of course, we all love Jake, and we wish him and his family the very best please consider donating to his GoFundMe if you have not already. The link is available on our website. Second, I want to thank everyone who created listener essays and submitted those for our past contest this last November. Now, there were five or six essays that came in towards the end that I'm going to hold and roll over into our next contest, which will be held in February. As it was, I think we had 17 listener essays that were published in November. So I'll keep the voting open for all of those essays through Christmas. Um, And I would encourage you to go to our website and vote for the essays that you like, provide feedback to the listener, and I will announce winners at the beginning of January. And now... Let's get to today's conversation with street epistemologist Anthony Magnabosco. How are things going, Anthony? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing all right. Yeah. There's, there's uh, some mini drama going on in the ex-Mormon world right now. So Is that right? Yeah. yeah I think. Are you talking about John? I am talking about oh. John. Runnels? I've heard rumors, but what have you heard, Ryan? John DeLynn. <laughs> um, only what was posted on um, the medium letter. Oh, you you read that the open open letter to John DeLynn. Yeah, yeah. We 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 did a smackdown of that that'll publish tomorrow or Tuesday at some point. But I reached out to John and reached out to a few others and just trying to get all the ducks in a row that I can before we put something like that out. But so that's how things are going. Anthony, do you, do you guys have drama in the street epistemology groups or are you guys never like totally free of drama? (laughs) No, we, we do. It it happens. It hasn't happened a lot lately. Yeah. I'm trying to even remember what the big blow up was, Uh, but it required us coming up with some rules of behavior. I don't even remember the incident, but we have almost 5,000 people in the group. So I think it's kind of to be expected. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're, we're five minutes past the hour. Maybe other people will join us um, as we go. Um, uh, Brian, 
feel free to jump in at any time. Chelsea, feel free to jump in at any time. Fab for John. I don't think that's your real name, but still feel free to jump in at any time. This is going to be our panel tonight. Um, everybody else was busy. Actually, I think we just had the right, just the right number of people on that last podcast. It, it seemed like really manageable. Yeah. Yeah. It, it worked. What, what kind of uh, response have you had from people on your side, Anthony? I mean, cause it's only been a couple of days since it's been mm-hmm. released. Have you heard anything from yeah. people? Uh, we posted, I posted a link to it. I don't normally post links to my interviews in the, in the various street epistemology Facebook groups that we have or the, or the discord server that we have. So I, but I love the interview so much. I ended up listening to it twice. <laughs> even having participated in it. Cause I, I just love, I love the, the highs and lows of it. Like it was just, it was, it was really fun. Um, so I think the response was really good. There are a lot of ex Mormons in the, in the SE groups and people just interested in SE in general. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of them, I think many people got a a lot out of it. I had a few people message me. Uh, they were, they were a little bit, um, they wanted to know, a lot of them wanted to know more about Jimmy. Yeah. (laughs) What exactly was he upset about? Would he be willing to talk about it a little bit more? Yeah. Could, could he join one of the SE groups so we can fully understand what he's, what his gripe was, that type of stuff. Yeah. But no, for the most part, people really liked it. And then we ended up, you were kind enough to turn it into a video, which uh, we ended up adding to the street epistemology playlist that we have of all the latest content that's out there. Cool. Well, what we're going to do tonight um, is go through one of your, videos that you have on YouTube, Anthony, where you talk with a couple who are both Mormon. Uh, we referenced it in the interview that we did that published earlier this week. Do you want to say anything by way of introduction before we just jump into it? Yeah, I was just looking at it because uh, I made a tweet about it to let people know that I was going to be on your podcast again. Mm-hmm. I think it occurred just over a year ago. I was on a trail in San Antonio with my camera asking people to stop and chat. And this lovely couple walked by and I asked them if they wanted to chat. And I told them a little bit about what I do. I think we'll, we'll probably cover that in the video. Um, it's one of my favorite talks. I have to say, I, I love the, I love the dynamic between the two individuals. One person really seemed to get what I was doing and another person didn't seem to quite understand maybe the types of things I was interested in. And I tried my best to get him on track even though, <laughs> even though the other person was, was in, you know, kind of figure out what I was doing. You, you tipped your hand as to which person was which now. I did? With the say pronoun? Okay. Yeah. Spoilers, I guess. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite talks. It's one of my longer talks too. I, I, was, I thought it was like 45 minutes, but then I looked at it today and it's about an hour. An hour, yeah. But I think I probably spent five or 10 minutes at the end giving a recap mm-hmm. like I've recently been doing. I mentioned that on the last podcast that we did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe we'll get through the whole thing. Maybe we won't, um, but we'll just start watching it. And, and again, those of you who are sitting in, um, if at any point you want me to stop the video so that we can talk about something that was said, just speak up. This video is actually what kind of brought me into the SE world. Cause I had just recently left the church when this came out Yeah, and it got posted to Reddit. And, um, so I watched it and, I was fascinated just because I was floundering as to, okay, how do I talk to people? How do I talk to my wife? How do I talk to my family? Because so this was really helpful. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that, Brian. 
And, and you'll notice my enthusiasm when they say that they're from the LDS church, because I don't have a lot of examples with Mormons. And when, yeah. when I encountered two that were willing to talk to me, I was so thrilled. All right. Well, you, you probably don't know this, Anthony, but um, several years ago, as part of this podcast, I was given the nickname TBM Whisperer. TBM means true believing Mormon. And because I take the point of view of TBMs often, they started teasing me by calling me the TBM whisperer. So I expect that I'll be doing some TBM whispering um, <laughs> as, as we go through and we watch this couple. Because I, and, and whether I'm accurately reflecting their own internal thought process, I, I can share with you what mine would have been had I been in that situation. Because Excellent. Any, any opportunity that I ever had to talk to somebody about the things that I believed in the Mormon church was just a ray of sunshine. It was just like, <laughs> it was so rare, especially since, you know, I, as a missionary, I, I spent two years in Japan and we would just get doors shut in our face all the time. People weren't interested. And mm-hmm. I think that's common to most missionaries, regardless of where you go. But anytime somebody stops you and says, I want to talk about your beliefs, like, wow, the Lord is right. putting you in my pathway right now. This is going to be my next convert. Yeah, that would have been my thought process. I think I pick up a little bit of that in, in this couple as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the video and see what we think. It's a good shadow shot. And there are the Tic Tacs. Good morning. How was your walk? Oh, wonderful. Can I offer you some ice water? Oh no! No problem. So, so can I offer you some ice water? Is that the the typical icebreaker to get people to stop and and talk? I just started adding that uh, when I'm out there. It's hot. I think. Yeah. The, well, this was October, so it probably wasn't quite as hot as it is in June or July. But yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, they're coming off the trail. They're a little sweaty, and throw them a little water if they want to stop. What what we did in Japan, it wasn't water, but we would ask them if they were interested in a free English class. And every, every week we would teach free English classes and kind of use that as, a, mm. as an in. Uh-huh. I think so. What water is probably uh, more beneficial than our free English classes were. Would either of you be interested in doing an interview? Five uh, minutes? For the park or? Oh, not with the park at all. Oh, okay. I have a hobby where I'm practicing something called street epistemology, which is this, I know it's a complicated, like yeah. weird sounding thing. It's a conversational tool Okay. That challenges people's deeply held beliefs in a respectful way. Interesting. So we pick a belief that people think is true. So like all last week, I was here and hear that bird? I think it's a cardinal. So a lot of people think that when you see a cardinal, it's a deceased relative coming back to say hello. Oh, wow. Have you ever heard that? No. I, I didn't either until I came here. But anyways, we pick a belief that somebody really thinks is true, whether it's karma or they believe in a god or they think a cardinal is a deceased relative coming okay. back to them. And I set a timer for five minutes just to like not take much of your time. And I ask questions to probe the reliability of the method you use to conclude that your beliefs are true. Ooh, okay. It's really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's honestly a little challenging with two. But I've, I've had conversations where I've interviewed two people once, if you share the same belief. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to do a short little fiber? Sure. So, so there's, there's something I want to say, and then there's a question here. For, okay. First, um, as a missionary, they taught us something called uh, a commitment pattern. 
that they're teaching you how to te- talk to investigators and get commitments for baptism, joining in the church, that sort of thing. One of the first things they they talked about was called BRT, Building Relationships of Trust. And what you just did with the cardinal, do you hear this thing that we're both hearing right now? Mm. This, this is a belief some people have that. Have you guys ever heard that before? It's funny too, because it's not like it's, it was, I read all these books on how to, you know, follow a, a five-step process to right, get people right. to trust you. Yeah. This is, this has been sort of an evolved thing over the course of this last several years that I've been doing this where, um, yes, I, I kind of wrote down, there's a lot of things that I want to co- cover here. Mm-hmm. I do want them to understand fully what I'm doing. I, right. I very clearly explained, I like to ask questions that challenges the, the method that a person used to get to their belief. Right. I think I said, I threw out a couple of examples. I'm not saying I just want to talk about God. I want mm-hmm. them to pick whatever topic they feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. Um, a- another you, reason why I think using the example of the Cardinal is great. Yeah. Well, like I got to tell you, what, I, I didn't think of it really. Here's my offering the, the Cardinal example was to really give them an example of things that I talk about, but it also gives me an opportunity to potentially link to the, uh, to the video that I'm talking about where I talk to a, a person about a Cardinal. So that's always kind of at the back of my mind too. Who might be watching this video and do I want to link to something maybe that I've already, mm. that I've already talked about. So I, well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned it because I think you're right. We're both hearing that. We're both experiencing it. We might know people who think that Cardinals are talking to them. Yeah. I didn't really think of that at the time, but that probably did help in this regard. Yeah. No, I, th- I thought it was a great approach. And then you, you mentioned that it's difficult doing this approach with two people. Um, maybe you could talk about some of the reasons why that's difficult and, and just setting up what we're going to be seeing here. Did you run into that with this couple or not? I give them a, I started giving people a little bit of a heads up that it could be problematic to interview two or more people if the topic is different, because frankly it is. If somebody thinks karma is real and the other person wants to talk about horoscopes, it's really challenging. Oh yeah. Yeah. And even if somebody believes the same topic, it could be challenging because one person might really, really think it's true. The other one might be sort of wishy-washy about it. And they probably have different reasons and justifications for it. So I'm sorry. So I was just going to ask a follow-up on that. So, so in this situation where, and even this couple, as I watched it, you know, the, the, the lady was getting to a different place than the man was. Do you, do you try to shepherd both of the conversations together or do you kind of focus in on the one that seems to be more getting what you're trying to, to I guess, narrow in on? It kind of depends because I could be interviewing two people. They think the same thing is true. They might have different reasons and that's fine why they think it's true. But if one person is more into it than the other, like the other one is checking their phone and drifting off and taking sips of water and walking further and further away from us, that might be a cue to me that I should probably just focus on on the one person. I think I mentioned it in the last interview that we did, Glenn, where sometimes now if I meet two people, I ask one of them if they want to be my assistant. So we can, we can, I can basically teach the person how to question their partner. But um, it's funny because if you were to ask me three months ago, what my preference was, I think I would say one person, but it's kind of fun to to interview two people Mm -hmm. because you can see the differences. Yeah. 
and the different uh, reasons that they have and if somebody's getting it and somebody's not. And maybe, maybe they spend more time thinking about the talk afterwards because yeah. they, they shared something together. Uh, it's a, it's and then a they can talk about it afterwards th- together. And right. I, like I, I, I do think that what, what we're going to see coming up here, I, I think her name is Jenny, if I remember right, um, that she does kind of become your undesignated partner almost in some of, in some of the exchanges where it does seem like she kind of gets it in the questioning and kind of turns it on her husband a little bit, a couple of times, like challenging him on a couple of things that he's saying, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. So let's, let's continue. Can we go in the shade? Would you mind? Okay. I'm Anthony, by the way. Anthony, oh, right. I'm Casey yeah, Anthony. I'm nice Jenny. Hi. Anthony, also. Anthony and Jenny. Sorry, our hands kind of candy. That's all right. Do you guys want, want the water? Like, no, really, we're fine. Okay. So is this like for your schooling or is no, this like a personal? There's study? this thing called street epistemology where people are going out and having talks. I've been doing this for like five years now. Interesting. And um, it's, it's, it's a, sort of like, a, like I talked about. It's like a method for probing people's beliefs to see if... So is it just like a hobby? It's my personal hobby. It's a personal hobby. Awesome. But I've been doing it so much that, and I've been I've been recording my talks if, with your permission, yeah. and uh, people have been watching them and going out and doing it as well. And that t- not that I started it or anything. I'm just trying to help promote no, it by recording. That's a it. good thing. Yeah, that's a good yeah, thing. I think that's you're trying to maybe reach a uh, understanding of maybe purpose of life. Mm, I, I love it, how, like right off the bat, like I see Brian's laughing at this. Deal. What does that mean in Mormonism? Is it is that <laughs> well, code for something? He's leading you, really. <laughs> yeah, ah, I, okay. yeah. I think I think I think he's evidencing his excitement that he may have a potential convert standing in front of him right here. That maybe the Lord put him in in or you in his path to be able to bring you into the church. And and I I hear that in her too asking the question, is this for school or is this something that you're doing all by yourself? Because are you, are you being forced to do this or is this out oh. of your own interest? And that then that's an indication, ooh, okay, well, maybe this is somebody that we can... He's not affiliated with a church point. or something like that. Is that kind of what they were probing, you think? Well, no, that, that you're a genuine seeker mm. in, in and of yourself. You, you're, you're not compelled to be out there doing that for any organization or for some kind of a school project. It's because you really have a desire to know. And that's why I think this Anthony is saying, oh yeah, like with the purpose of life, like you want to know more about the purpose of life because we can tell you all about that. <laughs> so that, that's what I think is going on here. Well, they are very motivated, enthusiastic, as I think we'll see. And friendly. So I I'm kind right. of expected you to say, whenever somebody says, I 100% believe in something, that you would be prepared for them to proselyte you and that you're like an old veteran. As soon as somebody says 100, you're like, oh, I'm going to get invited to attend his uh, congregation next week. <laughs> Sometimes you do get invited. I, I have a collection of cards from churches all across this city and elsewhere when I meet people. Do you ever go? A couple times I've gone to a few. Good. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Let's get uh, back in. General, for me, like, po- for me, honestly, yeah. it's more about a pursuit for truth. Truth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because like if I meet, if, if that's true, mm-hmm. that that bird is my dad who passed away two years ago, oh. then I want to know about that. Yeah. However, I also like to challenge people a little bit through questioning to see how they could be so sure that that is my dad who's telling me oh, hello or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did, so, did yeah, you say Jenny? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
right now we're we're looking at them and you can see that she's wearing a shirt you know they're they're both wearing like kelly blue byu color uh t-shirts and hers has faith written in big bold letters across mm. it mm. well and you can't see it but her because her arms are covering it but it says go forth with and then faith in large uh, oh, and yeah. i was like that looks like a uh, a youth conference or girls camp or something that mm. she's wearing yeah. from um, I should shirt. also point out yeah. the body language too. Uh, he has his hands on his hips, almost like a confident Superman pose. And she does have her arms crossed across her chest. It could mean he's pretty, it could mean he's fairly confident what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And she might be a little bit, a little bit guarded perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, come on, I'm whipping out a camera. We're in the woods. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to really tell what's going through their minds. Wait, wait, do, do you look like, do you stop anybody who walks by or are you, do, do you discriminate and go? I do oh, discriminate a little bit. For sure. I'm going to talk to these people. I do. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you there. Oh, I right. do. I do discriminate a little bit. Generally, if somebody seems focused on getting their walk on or they're talking on the phone or they have earbuds in and they yeah. barely glance at me and they don't break their stride, then I don't ask them. Yeah. But if I get a smile out of them, if they're kind of mosing by, then I will usually ask them. And ask person a person to stop and talk. Okay, cool. All right, jumping back in. It's a little unusual to um, to be asked about like a deeply held belief. No, not for us. We like to share our beliefs. We're uh, Latter Day Saints. Interesting. Oh, excellent! I'm so, so glad yeah. to run into you. Yeah. So we, <laughs> okay. Or other. And I should I should also point. I just put a cracker in my mouth. Let me chew this. <laughs> while you're chewing that i'll cut that out maybe as as people hopefully you'll link to this and people can watch it there are several times during this video where anthony seems to be opening his mouth to talk but he's not saying something it's almost like he's he's waiting for the opportunity to talk yeah and this becomes more and more of a problem as the conversation progresses yeah and the thing that i wanted to comment on is that he he um introduced himself as a latter-day saint as opposed to saying that he was Mormon. I don't think he said Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but in, right. the, in, in the, uh, the last month or so, the Mormon Church has decided that they don't want to be called the Mormon Church anymore, and they don't want to be called Latter-day Saints anymore. They want to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I was going to give him props for at least not identifying as Mormon. He, he was getting close with the, the Latter-day Saints, and that, I'm kind of being snarky with that. But uh, anyway. Yeah, he, he led with LDS, and then he yeah. clarified. He, he gave the more generic mm-hmm. reference. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a tell that he is as square as can be, and he's probably <laughs> the most Mormon you'll ever find. So you had the full experience. Yeah. All right. And let's be nice, Brad. No insults. I know all you said was Mormon, but I know what you meant by it, too. Yes, I was rewarding Satan with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is known as the Mormons? Yep. All right, yep. so you, you've heard them. That's good. A lot of people haven't heard of the, the religion. Oh, yeah. We like to uh, uh, to spread we the like gospel to um, as, yeah. as much. To those who we, we compare it as like sharing a piece of cake. It's like, hey, we have some cake here. If you're interested, would you like some cake? I'll tell you why we like enjoy the cake. This is why we like it. Perfect. We'd like you to try it. If you don't want to try it, all right. Well, at least you know about it. there's cake here for you. Yeah. So that's. So when you hear something like that, Anthony, do, do you realize that he's actually more in I want to give you something mode than I want to receive something from you mode? 
I think so. Yeah. When I heard that, that's, mm-hmm. I don't usually get that type of an enthusiastic okay. response to talk about a deeply held belief. So that, that, that was probably a tip off that these are probably conversations that he's had in the past. And I love this cake metaphor. I get really excited <laughs> here as, as I respond to his description of what he wants to do. Yeah. All right. I kind that's of awesome. like a little summary real quick. No, I, I, I am totally with you on that. Like, I think if, if what you're believing in is true, back to the whole cardinal thing, like, mm-hmm. if that's true, I'm going to rotate this just a little bit. If that belief is true, then I definitely want to learn it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and in fact, if I discovered that it was true, I would probably be just as open about sharing it with other people as it sounds like you guys are. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was doing the opening his mouth thing that you were talking about there. My, my guess is it's because he heard you say, if it's true, and he wanted to immediately respond and go, oh, well, we know that ours is. <laughs> That's my guess. That's my TBM whispering guess. Okay. So what I'm interested in, however, is if there really is cake. Okay. <laughs> if this thing is really true. Ooh, okay. Okay. So I'd like to make a sense of, of how you determined that it's that what you're believing in that uh, Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon hey, and this guy is so real. happy when you said that. Can we can we explore that a little bit? Yeah. And here's my caveat: <laughs> try to not let the other person's answer influence you. If, oh, yeah. if that's possible. Like his answer influence, like what I say? Right. Okay, so you want to... Okay. Should I give my account first? Yeah, yeah, and sure. And then you, I'll give... Yeah. Like I'll say my... Not account, but... The, yeah. Maybe the main justification why you actually think that this God is real. Okay. okay. Um, I guess for me, I, I would like to say that I know that it's real mm-hmm. based on the fruits of my exercising the beliefs because I see that like promises that are given if you do certain things that they are fulfilled like it's because good things come from me acting on my belief gotcha okay that's beautiful what what do you do what do you do with that sort of thing Anthony because I like she's like yeah I I I know that it's true because I see the evidence of that in the way that I live my life because the promises that are made are fulfilled. <laughs> it almost seems like a deepity, but there is a, there's some value in what she said there. Okay. So yeah. she's basically saying, and I think I repeat it back. So to answer your question, I'm writing down a summary of what I think I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. And if, if, uh, if her husband wasn't there, I probably would have said, now let me repeat that back just to make sure yeah. that I've got this. I think I do that, but I'm this is, this is a joint interview, so I want to move on to him to get his reason. Right. And I don't know if he's quite as brief as she was. Yeah. Oh, no, right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to repeat it back just to make sure I understand it. Oh, no, there you go. Uh, the main justification that you have that your God exists is that when you act upon the beliefs that you have... Mm-hmm. Or like teachings that I receive. Okay. You see the benefit. Uh, you see good things as a result of that. The fruits, I think, yeah. is what you're referring to. Okay. Or the fulfillment of promises that are given. It's a fruit cake. Act on those things. Okay. So you might read something in scripture, and then you you just go about your daily life, and you have the belief, and then you see things that validate the scripture. I, I suppose so. I suppose you could say Please that. don't let me put words in your mouth if that's not what you're saying. No, no, no. I would. I mean, I suppose so. I guess more like if I read like a commandment and a mm. promise that is tied to that commandment and I live out 
what I said you should do, that I feel that promise is fulfilled. Okay, gotcha. Does that make sense? Like they say, you know, like if you pay tithing, then you will have financial blessings, and so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that way. Okay, and then you've actually tithed, and then you're seeing financial blessings. Mm -hmm. And then that complete circle is validation that you're believing in something that's true. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, okay. All right. Before so we I get guess to just to be clear there. there, I guess I did ask her, I did sort of yeah. repeat it back for clarity before yeah. moving on to him. Yeah. I, I want, I want to share a, a tithing story. Mm. I share a tithing story. Do it. Um, so when I was, I was probably 16 or 17 years old and uh, I, I had been working for my dad for the summer and it was this, it was actually the second summer in a row that I had worked for him and they had given me a 50 cent hour raise from the previous year, but they had forgotten about it. Um, and so we got to the end of summer and I was in the situation where, uh, I had an opportunity to, to, to go to San Diego with a friend of mine. I didn't have the money to do it. You know, my parents said, you can go if you have the money. I don't remember exactly what the amount was. And I was thinking, Oh, gee, why? I wish I could go. How could I get that money? And, and right at that point, somebody walked into the office I was in and said, hey, we just realized that we haven't been paying you that 50 cent per hour all summer. So we're going to cut a check for you right now. We'll give it to you by the end of the day. It was for the exact amount that I needed to go to San Diego. And so, boom, I knew in that moment that because I had paid tithing my whole life, when I needed something like this, uh, to happen, there's the money. And that became, it, it, in, in folkloristics, we call it a proto-memorat because it's a personal experience story with the supernatural that is meant to validate a belief. But that became a proto-memorat for me, very much like what she's talking about here that I would carry around with me for a long time. That would be, this is, this is my evidence that I know that what I believe is true. I didn't understand about... Um, uh, post hoc rationalizations or anything <laughs> like that at that point, but um, that I can relate to her. I, I got to take off. I'm going to go join the church after that. Thanks. See <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I can understand how situations like that yeah. might cause a person to think that it validates what they think is true because they're probably not stumbling across a lot of evidence. And when you when something like that happens, it's so obviously clear well, that hits. this is. Yeah, well, yeah. Hits. hits and the misses, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the church teaches you to double down on that. So oh, yeah. They'll, they'll say things like there's no chance in spiritual things or or other little things like that. So you're trained to to grab that confirmation bias, grab that hit, that yes. thing that fits, and you will will step over the 99 things that don't. Mm -hmm. with that one that they hit and, and think that, that you've got it nailed. And from so, what I understand, you then share that experience in front of your congregation. Yes. As, yeah. as a validation that what you're thinking and is true. Exactly. It becomes currency that you can, you can use and you can spend in the culture and gain prestige through having those kinds of stories, it, even to the point where, and, and I did this upon occasion too, where there would be something that almost fit the cultural template for a faith promoting story. They're actually called faith promoting stories in Mormonism. Oh. And, and so you kind of stretch the details, you fudge it a little bit, you know, you're doing it, but it's for a good reason. I did that too. So it's close enough. It's close enough. 
we'll, we'll give, we'll give the benefit of the doubt to God on that one. Well, that makes sense. Cause I never had a lot of currency in my life. So there you go. It makes sense. You I didn't a, lie as much. You had a lot of shkufkus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that that's, I a, did. that's an inside joke. So yeah, for me, in my words, so I grew up without religion. I grew up with a basis of my religion was a small Catholic belief so that I believe that there was a God. I believe that there was a son, Jesus Christ. So I grew up with those beliefs. And I, the reason I grew up with them because my parent raised us that way. So that's what I knew. So at the age of 22, I, well, let me go backwards. About 10 years, maybe 12, 13, I kind of, I want to say kind of, because I would still participate in church services, as in twice a year. I'd go maybe for Easter and Christmas. Mm -hmm. But then other than that, I really didn't practice any religion. In my back of my mind, I always knew I felt that there was a God. So I was always on the edge of maybe there isn't, maybe there is. And I was looking for physical proof in my late teen years to my early 20s. And then, about my 20 years, I think I was, I want to say think, because at the time was I never physically asked for it, but I was open to suggestions. I was open to conversation about religion. So I opened up to uh, a few different places. Uh, uh, one was a Jehovah Witness. So their beliefs, uh, their beliefs, I, I, I don't remember too much of their... It goes on for a long time. What are you thinking, Anthony, as you're listening to him expound on his background and his narrative? You just patiently listening? Are you making notes, trying to track it? I'm trying to track it for sure. I'm, I'm paying close attention to, to see really where what the genesis of his belief was. But at the same time, I'm thinking... We, you know, I really hope he doesn't go on too long because because <laughs> right, my my five minute timer is about to go off. I have a five minute timer here. This is a joint interview. This is a this is an internet audience, perhaps that might be listening to it. So all those things are kind of going through my mind, yeah. and maybe trying to find the right moment to kind of get him on track. That I'm not so much. I don't need all that detail, but we're in the beginning stages of, of this thing too. So I was being a little bit charitable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and again, I, I may be a little bit cynical and jaded in the way that I interpret what he's, he's doing here, but, but I, I read what he's doing as again, he's trying to make you feel comfortable and saying, I was like where you are now. I didn't know that the Mormon church was true, but then I learned that it was true. And now I know, and you can have that too. So that's like the, 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 the overarching narrative that he's following as he's telling in great detail his experience there. It's that there, there's a means to an end with this story. But is it just me or does it seem like this is the first time his wife is hearing him say this? That, that was kind of the reaction that I was getting from watching her just now that mm. she seemed almost surprised at some of the things he was saying. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I don't, I don't know how to read that with her. Well, I'm not sure. And and it may just be that she's like, why are you going into so much detail? <laughs> right. That could be too. Yeah. Well, he is what? acting like he knocked on the door, not you. Right. 
yeah, he is. Well, because in a sense, like, w- wouldn't you think that if you were this guy and, you know, An- Anthony stops you and says, hey, I want to talk about God. And you're like, wow, I've been wanting to find somebody to introduce to the missionaries. Look, God put him right here in my path. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like he did knock the door. Beliefs were, but of course, everything was focused mainly on like you wouldn't put the focus on yourself. That's why they don't believe in birthdays and this and that and celebrating. He's talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, right? But yeah, I talked to an, a Latter Day Saint person, a missionary, mm-hmm. and they asked me to do something for them, and they asked me to read the Book of Mormon. I, I'm just kind of summarizing this up, please. And so. With those conversations about reading the Book of Mormon, I learned that religion cannot be proven. If it is proven, then religion itself is thrown in the garbage. Because religion is based on faith and not knowing that something really is true. It's it's based on the fact of believing, hoping, and seeing the results. Now, with that... What also was presented was the plan of salvation, which in the in the Mormon world is why we're here on this earth. Like, what is the purpose of life? And so with that plan and the reason for being here is that our, we're here as a trial. We're here just as... A way to gain a knowledge of good and evil so as we go about this life we're going to go through some things everyone's going to go through the same things they're going to be born they're going to be raised by whoever they're going to be raised then they're going to be put trials are going to be put before them so these are things that you believe yeah and you're supposed to have trials in life if you don't have any trials in life then there's really no point in being alive. Okay. You're supposed to have hard times in order to know the opposite, which is a good time. A lot of people think, yeah, well, you're supposed this. to have good, 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 good. <laughs> no, you're supposed to actually start off bad. It's supposed to be, let me rephrase that. That sounds awful. You're supposed to be placed something in opposition to what is easy for you. So if walking uh, 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 a straight path is easy, Mm. well, there's supposed to be an incline there in order for you to learn opposition, to know what work is. And then from there, after all that's done, and while you're living, you're also going to be a teacher as you're going to pass that knowledge on to someone else to tell them, hey, when you walk up this hill, you're going to get tired. So it kind of, I mean, that's just a very basic, broad understanding. It's very, there, there's there's more of a complexity to it sure, rather sure. than that. But Yeah, I, I find that these beliefs can be very complex and the doctrine gets very deep. And my focus is is more on how we can be so sure that it's true. Okay. And I think you said uh, that you, you grew up with a, a belief in a God. Yeah. You always felt something mm-hmm. that it was true and you wanted physical proof. But I think at some point, you, correct me if this isn't what you're saying, but at some point you you realized that uh, physical proof is not at, our, at your disposal, that you need something else. No, physical you proof. Feel like it's not necessary. Well, no, physical proof is not necessary in order for the, a belief to occur. 
in order to have faith, mm. you well, I can't guess, have I guess I would faith. say, maybe you said Can we pause it right there? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony there was talking, and he spent a lot of time explaining what he believes. And I don't know if anyone's ever watched presentations on street epistemology, but lately I've been sort of presenting a visual representation of what SE is in a in a pyramid form, basically. So at the top, you might have the word what, and in the middle is the why, and then the bottom is the how. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much interested in what they believe and their doctrine. I want to focus on their reasons, the why, and the method. So it can be a little frustrating sitting through all that, like, this is what I believe, and there's this wonderful message, and you have salvation and all this. But in that whole process, he was revealing the reasons and his methods. And those are the parts that I was picking out and I was jotting those down on my whiteboard. And that's where this conversation goes. At least I try to go that way. Jenny goes there with me. Yeah. Anthony, maybe not so much. Yeah, yeah. Just quick question on that. So so knowing that you've done a lot of these and and now you're, you're tangling with some uh, Mormons here, how, I, I guess, how do they seem to be similar to other conversations you have and is there anything different about how they're answering that that is throwing you you know so you know the insider baseball for me being a former believer is you know it's it's emotion and drive and there's not a lot of logic around it is that similar or different than other um i, I guess beliefs and religions that's a fantastic question and the short answer is there's really not too much of a difference. I could, these, these, this couple here could easily be Muslims or Catholics or spiritual woo based, you know, West coast, somebody from the West coast or something like there's really not too much difference. Um, somebody had an experience, they investigated it, they found it sufficient and they believe it. That, that tends to be a similar thread throughout all the different religions um, there might be some little, I'll, I'll pay attention as I'm watching this closely to see if there's anything like Mormon specific that jumps out at me. But frankly, that, that was like a big surprise from doing SE with all different beliefs is that the, what the person believes is quite different and the way that they behave because they think it's true is, is a little different, right? Some people pray, pray five times a day. Some people go to a temple to pray. Other people don't go to a, 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 a temple, but they might light a, a candle or something or burn incense. But the, the justifications and the methods that they're using are consistently the same. There's very little difference. Having uh, watched a whole lot of these, uh, I, I would say the main differences I see is one, just vocabulary differences. And then... Um, a lot of other religions, it's that method. So Mormons are going to focus on the experience of saying a prayer and getting a direct feeling from that. I think other religions, uh, it's not necessarily always praying, but it's some kind of an experience. Like they were in a church and they felt a feeling. Or So it always does come down to feeling and faith. I think I've noticed other um other religions they'll drop down to faith sooner whereas i think this couple will go to the holy ghost pretty quickly um that's a good point feelings do do come up quite a bit consistently with mormons Uh, i've chatted with a few of them yeah all right ready to jump back in is that physical proof isn't necessary for things to be true that you can have a knowledge of truth without 
physical proof that mm. it is there. Okay, so this would be a great opportunity to introduce a confidence scale okay. from zero to 100. I want to get a sense of how sure you are that this belief is true. That's the first part, and then there's mm -hmm. a second part that will hinge off of this, uh, this idea of proof. Okay. Okay, so on a scale from zero to 100, I'd like to get a sense of how sure each of you are that your God is real. Okay. 100% is there's no question in my mind. I have no doubt. I know that it's true. And zero percent is all I have is questions. I don't know that this thing is true at all. I'd say for me, it's 100%. I have no doubt. I'm at more of a 101. <laughs> a, 101. a 101, I was going to say. Especially, yeah. Um, yeah. so, yeah, the, and then um, especially just the, the past few uh, weeks, I've, it's even, so. Could I ask the second part of my, oh, that yeah, little yeah, question? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Because I just don't want to lose my train of thought. And then we can definitely go back to that. Definitely, okay. And, and before you ask that question there, what, 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 typical response do you get like how many people will go 100 percent or 101 or you know like with that absolute certainty um is that common will, will people give you like 60 eh, 63 72 i have had some 33. off numbers like that yeah yeah but i met, it, but a, is it, is it, I met a woman who said she was 82 percent sure karma was real 82 <laughs> percent yeah, yeah. <laughs> 99 is common 100 is common a thousand percent is common. Mm. It, it's not so much. The number is, is not that important. You might even have people that say, there's no way that I can even quantify it. It no. doesn't mean the conversation's over. You can keep going sure. on. Sure. It's a, it's a good way to get an indication of where they are and how flexible they are on, on maybe moving. So if somebody were to say, I, I'm probably at like a, I'm at maybe the 50% mark or 60% mark that it's true. Yeah. It might be a completely different conversation. Then you can talk about, well, why aren't you at on 100? Sure. What's the thing that's, you know, you, you have, these are just little grasping, you know, you're kind of climbing a hill and you're looking for the next, the next thing to grasp onto. Yeah. The, the reason I ask um, is because in, in the Mormon culture, we are conditioned to say, I know the church is true. You know, you don't even say, I believe it. You don't say, I hope it. Um, you don't really even say, I have faith. All of those things um, culturally feel less than absolute certainty. So it's, it's this culture of absolute certainty, whether or not people really feel that or not, that that's what, um, they're, they're trained to say. And there's also, um, a perception. I think that Mormons have, I could be wrong about this, that they are more certain about their faith and their religion than any other, uh, religious people out there, would be because they have the truth and other people might have part of it, but they don't have all of it. And so I think it, it, it would be surprising. So that, that's why I wanted to ask you the question, you know, you're somebody who sees a lot of different people, a lot of different beliefs, doesn't come across Mormons very often. Um, do you see a difference in Mormons having a higher sense of certainty of their beliefs than others? And you've already answered no um, on that. So that, well, that, was the, that was the main reason why I was asking. Yeah. That. And to be clear, I haven't spoken with that many Mormons. I would right. say, you know, maybe eight, yeah, eight, eight, eight encounters with Mormons. And like one of those encounters might include four people, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, but you're still getting people that express a very high degree of certainty in their beliefs, um, regardless of, of what those beliefs are. Um, it, it, that's what I took from your answer. Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing, and and the only thing I'd add is, were you going to say it better than me or worse? 
I was going to say it different and better in my mind. Probably better. Out of my mouth. <laughs> Probably better. Probably but, better. Uh, you know, I would say that the one thing, you know, is as a missionary and a, as a kid, you know, you're taught that, that that feeling that you get, that feeling that they're talking about is the Lord testifying that it's true. So you take that like you read, out of, read it out of an encyclopedia, you, you, you put some some factual basis around it, and when I talk to my my mom, who's still very much a believer, very much heartbroken that I'm out of the church, she will come back with, "I felt things that I can't explain." Right. That it's so true, even though it, it could be the most stupid thing that she is supporting. She she can't get past that. So I I would say a lot of words here. Similar to Glenn, I'm not surprised that the answer is 100% or higher. Okay, um, I think you said that you don't need proof to to be certain that your God is real. Mm-hmm. So my question is, uh, how should I phrase this? If assuming that you do have proof, if you didn't have that proof. I hate to use the word proof. I kind of like okay. to say evidence. It's a little, soft, little okay. softer. But let's say that you didn't have evidence for this God. Mm-hmm. Where would it move you from the 100? What would, what would be a, a corrective adjustment? I would be a zero. Yeah. Okay. If you didn't have the evidence that you think that you have now, is yeah, that right? I'd be a zero. And, and my, well, I'll, I'll let her answer. And then okay, yeah, this, this is great. Is. Yeah, go ahead. I guess I don't, I don't really know. I don't. Because I guess for me, honestly, I don't know that I've looked for evidence. You have this belief that's not based on evidence. Well, the, I, don't, I, I guess I, I don't know. That's well, a really... Here's the thing. Is it going to take my, me... My thing is the evidence... <laughs> She's I like, know, hold I'm on, hon. Hold on, I'm thinking. You, I'm really trying to think. I know, but are you looking for physical evidence or... No, whatever evidence like, we gave, right? Like I said... Do you want to move in the shade just a oh, tad? Because oh, you're in the sun. I, said, oh. I, I don't want I you to say like my evidence was like the fruits of... Oh, I see. Of, yeah, like yeah, we sort of went over what our evidence was. And I'm saying like, so without that, would I believe... And I, I, I guess I, I would think that I do. I think I would still be able to say 100% because I truly feel as though like it has been ingrained within, within me that I do have a testimony that it is true. Okay, like I, testimony. And I, I truly don't think that that could be removed. Okay. If, things, so, if circumstances change. All right, I want to repeat back what I think you've just said and then we can, we can go over to Anthony here. You're 100% confident that your God exists. Yes. Any evidence that you think that you may have, I don't even think that you're going as far as to say that you even think that you have evidence just yet. No, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I think like I've said why I believe that. Yeah. I think what you're saying is that even if I discovered that I have no evidence for this belief, I'm still going to be 100% confident that it's true. Yes. Which does sound odd, I think, to like the humanistic side, but I just think the spiritual side of me just knows and I can't remove that like that's sort of like my inner soul and that's what I was going to say that's why I was waiting for you to answer so can we pause it um my question if you would I was basically asking them would you still believe this even if you had no evidence yeah and it seemed like uh, Anthony said no which was encouraging and Jenny said yes when when he said it would go down to zero percent yeah that's basically he was saying no I'm like I'm believing this because I have something to back it up. Yeah. Whereas Jenny was saying, 
I guess I have to think about that. No, I think I probably still believe it because I think there are other reasons, even yeah. if the evidence that I think I have wasn't valid, I would still believe it maybe for other reasons. Like she, she was kind of wiggling out of it a little bit there, but um, this is a good example of where I think if this was a one-on-one -on -one conversation between me with one of, one of these Jenny or Anthony, I think it would have been a much different uh, conversation yeah. because there was a profound question there asked to Jenny. Like, let me, let me repeat this back. And as I repeated it back to her, she says, well, that's kind of funny. Like now that you're saying it, yeah. it's kind of, it kind of sounds weird the way that you're saying it. And I was pausing. And if I'm not mistaken, I think her husband took that as an opportunity to speak. Whereas if it was just the two of us, I would have not said anything. I would have just let her think about it for, for several more seconds. Yeah. This is a little bit of an aside, but are you certain that they're husband and wife? I am not certain. In okay. fact, uh, I don't know if they have rings on. They, they, they don't have wedding rings on. And I've been starting to watch their body language after you, you pointed out that she was looking like she was hearing this for the first time. And I wonder if maybe they're dating, mm. but they're not married and there seems to be certain times where she's looking at him like, do Maybe. I really want to be with this guy? <laughs> but later on, they, he does mention kids, oh, but does he? Uh, okay. it's possible that they're his. I mean, okay. I, I don't know. That's a good point. They may have taken off the rings because they're exercising. That's you know, possible too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, but I, I do think that it's interesting that, that you see this, this very stark difference in the way that they're responding to the same question that you pose to each one of them. Here. Well, I almost think that they, they are understanding the word evidence differently. Probably. Like, yeah. Does that include feelings or not feelings? Like what evidence would I have? Yeah. Not feelings like that. Yeah. I, I think, I think the reason that, that Anthony so quickly and readily said, Oh, well, if I didn't have any evidence, then my, my confidence would be 0% is because he doesn't want to discount the evidence that he has. He, he wants to reinforce mm. the fact that he has evidence, that the reason that he knows this is because he has evidence, because if he didn't, then it would be zero, but it's, it's one one So he's got uh, evidence. There was, there was also a reason why I asked that question too, because if we plow through the evidence that they think that they have, and right. it's insufficient to justify the belief, then it would make sense for them to lower their confidence in it. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of shoring that possibility up. Yeah. Like here's a, you know, this is just a reference. Here's the proof right here. It's signed. It's, you know, this is the evidence. Okay. No, the, what it was told in the beginning when I spoke with that missionary was, a, it was like, you read this book, you pray about it, and you'll get a feeling that you'll know for yourself. Mm. Feeling like uh, something that is like a, a, a for sure feeling, like you probably got when you were growing up. And yeah. and something just told you. And and when he okay. when he used That's the word inside. something, he didn't spe specify whether it was the Holy Ghost or some kind of a spirit or a, some kind of uncle or aunt or an angel or anything like that. Mm. It was it was told to me a feeling that you know that it is right, and that is what I go on. So if you call that proof. Well, then that's my proof, but there's nothing actual physical okay. that, that actually that's going to show you that what's okay. going on is right. So 
in the interest of wanting to fully understand what you've just said, I'm going to repeat it back. Oh, yeah, definitely. And again, correct me if this isn't what you're saying. That uh, you ran into somebody who basically told you that the way that you, you can know for sure that the Book of Mormon is true and the scriptures are true and, and that all this stuff happened and that this God is real is that when you commit to it, you will get a feeling that it's true. And then the feeling that you got and maybe that you still get today is what you would point to as evidence to be 100% certain. Yes. And it's the fe- yeah, the feeling That's to your of, evidence. Yeah, the same feeling I got when I was younger mm-hmm. and throughout my life, mm-hmm. and up until that point. Okay, okay. So almost like a conscience conscience feeling but I don't even know if I'm saying that right you just like recognize that it was the same feeling you'd had mm-hmm. when you were young in the okay. as I went through the church many what I know today is they say it's the influence of the Holy Ghost is what we believe in but before mm-hmm. I joined the church it was there wasn't a name for it maybe uh, maybe I could have said conscience mm-hmm. or maybe I could have how big of a component is feeling for just knowing that your God is real for you. How big of a component is feeling? That's a hundred percent for me. I'll yes. First. Yeah. Yeah. For okay. me, um, I, I guess I don't know. So she's doing the level two, like the system two thinking that that Reed was talking about when we talked, Reed, right? Reed would be so proud to watch that. Yeah. 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 She's looking off to the side. She's gazing up in the sky. She's really thinking. Yeah. How much of uh, how much of a factor is feeling in me being hundred percent sure that this is true? For mm-hmm. Anthony, it seems it's it's critical. Yeah. The feeling that he gets is confirmation that it's true. For her, it seems that maybe she doesn't even have the feelings, but she sees the result of the tithing or um, she was raised with it. And Maybe even the evidence that she thinks she has today isn't even valid. Like, even if that was not valid, she would probably still believe. So there's, there's probably some other reason why she would hold on to the belief. Mm-hmm. It's probably so, not evidence for her. It's pro- and maybe it's not even feelings for her. But, but so at, at this point, what you're trying to, to determine is where are they, like, what is the source of their confidence? Is it feelings? Is it something else? Precisely. Okay. Yes. Yes. I found uh, Anthony, his uh, vocabulary a little interesting when he's talking about that feeling of the Holy Ghost. And he keeps referring to that feeling you get when you're little. Yeah. And uh, uh, to me, that seems a little foreign from a Mormon perspective. I don't know if you were catching on that. What do you mean? Uh, uh, Glenn, uh, well, Glenn or Brad, um, does that seem normal to you? Uh, I know we have like the faith, like a child is kind of a common thing, but I've Mm. never really heard things couched the way he is right now. And I find it kind of interesting. Yeah. I, it, it it surprised me to hear him say that because he said that he was raised without any kind of religion and it wasn't until later that he started looking into religion. So it just surprised me to hear him say that this feeling was like he had when he was a kid. Yeah, this makes, as I'm watching this now, I'm, I'm wishing that I asked something, and maybe I do, but I don't think I do. If I ask something like, it seems like what you're saying is that when you were a kid, you were aware that you had a subconscious that was mm-hmm. sort of 
providing feelings to you. And then maybe now you're viewing it and you're thinking that this is the Holy ghost giving you the feeling. Is that true? And, and they might, me might say yes. And then I might ask them, well, how do you still have the subconscious feelings? Are they only from the Holy ghost? How can we tell the difference between the two as I'm watching it now? And this is a year later, I'm noticing things that I probably, my line of questioning would probably be a little bit different than here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you go down this path with this one or not, but the, the, I, I've seen other um, street epistemology videos where they bring up disconfirming evidence. So if, if you came across evidence that the Book of Mormon wasn't true or that, you know, they, what, what kind of impact would that have on your certainty? Do, do you ever take that line of questioning? I think I do in this conversation. Yeah, I want to find out how how tied is he to the church? I think it wasn't so much the scriptures. Mm. I think it was like, well, what if the church told you that this wasn't true? And would you change your mind? Uh, We definitely get into the outsider test for faith that comes up here a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm not doing a very good job of answering this. Um, I guess I think it used to be like a feeling. And for me now, it's just a knowledge. So I don't, and that's why I'm saying mm-hmm. I don't know that I relate okay. the feelings that I have with it. You felt know. for so long that it's true that now you actually say uh, that you know no, that it's true. I guess what I mean is I, I used to find like those moments of feeling mm-hmm. and like connecting were sort of my evidence and sort of where my testimony lied. Okay. And then I sort of transcended that and I feel like I've had enough of that that I know. Like there's no way that I could deny that it's gotcha. true. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I meet a lot of people on the trail who believe completely different things are true. Like the- I remember when I used to feel like her, by the way, yeah, that, that was, that was a, that I relate to that. that's still going on right and i meet a lot of people who believe that other gods are real because they have a feeling that it's true yeah and i'm wondering like in your situation anthony if this individual happened to be an imam and actually thought that allah was true and that the quran was the right book and he said you know if you just read this book and you 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 start pondering on it that you will get, you'll get a feeling, and that feeling is, is Allah. That feeling is justification to believe that Muhammad flew to heaven on a winged horse. And that feeling reminded you of a feeling when you were a young kid. Is it conceivable that somebody can have a feeling and it guide them to the incorrect conclusion? Yes. Yes. And now, however... However, the thing is, and we were kind of discussing that on the trail, the thing is, and here's what makes the Mormon, this is what kind of drew me to the Mormon religion too, is because one of the articles of faith in the Mormon religion, so basically the articles of faith are a summary of what the whole beliefs of the church are about. Hmm. So one of them is let any man, woman, believe who, what, when, and where, and how they want to worship. I mean, I didn't say it word for word, but... It's let anybody do and oh, believe sorry. however they would like. Which am I repeating that? Oh, sorry. 
it would be, you know, can I read it? I'll read it out loud. So in, 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 a, in a summary, in a summary, it is basically being able to allow anybody to believe in whatever they want to. So in, in a sense, if you think about it, then it's like whatever your beliefs are, that's a respectable belief. belief. Sure. Even if it's right, even if it's wrong, if it's, if it's leading towards a good purpose, mm. if it's not breaking any laws, then that's a good thing for that individual. I'm on board with this idea mm -hmm. of people having the right to believe whatever they want. But my question is, well, are you able to repeat back what you think my question yeah, is? Yeah, I think your question was if... I, I, I love that you stopped telling them what you want and you said, why don't you tell me what you think I'm saying? I, I need to start doing that. that more. Yeah, that, that could be really effective. Uh, it might keep them more on their toes to yeah. pay attention to actually what I'm asking and yeah. maybe try to be a little bit more careful in their responses. Yeah. And it involves them in the process too. Like here, take the reins and, you know, run with it a little bit. Yeah, because they, I mean, I, I, I think... Um, Anthony, for sure, may, maybe Jenny a little bit, have kind of gotten away from that. You just want to know how confident they are in in their beliefs, and so you gave them this disconfirming thing about the iman who's talking about Allah. They can't both be true, but that just went right over their heads. Right, look at him. He's on his phone right now, trying to pull up the verse that explains yeah. the Mormon doctrine to me, and I'm not interested in that. Yeah. I want to figure out how how we can tell that the feelings that he's experiencing, and I'm not contesting that he's feeling something. Yeah, the issue is other people are feeling completely different gods. How can we tell the difference between the two? And he's off doing some research there on on Mormonism. And the other thing you were you were asking me like. Are there anything, is there anything unique about Mormons? This is another similarity that I see. Yeah. They were talking about everyone can believe whatever they want. They have yeah. this freedom to choose and we're not forcing our views on you. I get this from everybody. And it looks like he's trying to dig up some verse to justify that stance. I'm yeah. not interested in that. I, I, I wonder, I, I, again, I, if I'm putting myself in their situation, um, I, I always, and I still am like this, anticipate arguments that people are going to give me. And so I try to get out ahead of them. And I, I, I think that in this case, they might have misunderstood what you were asking about Islam as a test of tolerance. And what, what they wanted to show us, oh, no, no, we're a very tolerant religion. We, we're very respectful of others. We don't, you know, one criticism against Mormons is that we're elitist, uh, but we're not. We think that everybody... Can. So I, I kind of get the sense that there's these preconceived, uh, you know, biases uh, that that get in the way of genuine conversation that you're having with people. I think I see that going on. Um, let, let me just point this one thing out too, Yeah, uh, for your, for your ex-Mormon or Mormon audience, primarily listeners. When you're doing SE, if you find yourself arguing verses, you're doing it wrong. So yeah. if, if, he's, if he whips out a verse uh -huh. and you're knowledgeable about the Book of Mormon and you might know the exact verse to show that what he's telling you is incorrect, yeah. you don't want to be in a battle of verses. Yeah. This, is, this is about driving to his how, driving would, to his yeah. method. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um, and just 
kicking back and watching it. But I think that's one thing that's what's great about street epistemology is that it doesn't matter. Someone can pull out a verse from the Quran or pull out something from the Bible. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about how and mm-hmm. why and, and what, what are good methods. And I think that's great because a lot of times I'll be having a conversation with someone and they just start pulling out verses or something. And I'm like, well, I don't believe that. So, you know, where can we find common ground here and how can we get to how you know this or, or what, I'm always trying to be open. What can you share with me? And, and how, how would I know that that's true? And I think that's real important that we, you guys don't get bogged down in any kind of, because you know, that those conversations can go <laughs> hours about interpretations and all that crazy stuff. That's what I love about street epistemology. It's just great. Yeah. It so could almost be, it could almost be to your detriment if you know the book really well, because you can whip out those verses. And then let me ask you, what are the chances that Anthony will have a verse to contest the verse that you brought up in response sure. to his yeah. verse? Yeah. yeah. Just don't go there. So how do you not go there? You know, what's the mechanism? Like, like, what do you, uh, you know, deflect it with? Because uh, I know what it's like to, to whip out a lot of verses on people. <laughs> that's a great question and this so if you're a muslim listening or a christian or or a variation of christian like a mormon or something um or hindu or whatever the good the best question to ask if you're doing se is i'm more con- i'm more interested in how you're determining that these that the book that you're reading those verses from is actually true can we get back to the reasons and the method that you're using to conclude that those are good reasons and then you're, you're basically just blowing the book completely out of the water. Unless the book is the reason why, then you can focus on why they think the book is true. And maybe they'll set the verses aside. Yeah. Because if, if, they're, if they bring verses from the book that show that the book is true, then you can start asking questions to explore the circularity of that. If someone asks me to like read the Quran or the, all these people who have... Um, you know, people who have other beliefs, if they've read something and they have that same good feeling that like we've experienced, can it lead them to have a belief in something different or that not only different, but something that's, that's not wrong. That's not that's true. true. That's not true. And I guess I would say this. I don't believe that. I think that they could experience that feeling and have a testimony in something that has a portion of truth. It may not have all of the truth, mm. but that there may be a part of that that is a light and a truth. Yeah. So and, I guess I don't know that, but yeah, I guess I well, could. Let me ask you this. Oh, yeah, yes or no. Okay, yes yeah. or no. Is it conceivable that a person can rely on feelings and come to the incorrect conclusion? Yes. I would, yes, I would say yeah. yes. Just like you see. I well, would think so. Okay. Incorrect. Because I think everybody, I, I'll talk. Um, <laughs> I think that everybody has like a gap or a hole and you can, you know, everybody's sort of searching for something. And for some people, I think that they can connect with something that could be dark or twisted and they will fall into that because for them it's kind of filling that hole yeah, I mean, because of whatever's happened in their past and they or feel that it's the right way to go they feel, well okay anthony's gap or hole is the one in his face with his open mouth because he just really really wants to say something here. he's almost jumping up and down saying please let me talk please right. let me talk and she's just so deftly like it's my turn now <laughs> So maybe they I are married. I think it's right because right? <laughs> it's kind of filling in whatever. Okay. Well, you see that, what you see that, what, that search that they have, which I, mean, I think is sad. If you follow the, I think that's kind of how sick and bad things happen. But I mean, the thing is, I think sometimes you can't 
you can't, of course, you never judge on anybody because they don't know any better. Like in Africa, you go to Africa and cutting a chicken's head off is a religious practice. You saw in 2001 that crashing a plane into a building is a religious practice for whoever yeah. these guys were. Beautiful examples. Whether whether they whether they know it or not, to them like they felt good. like, hey, this is going to yeah. lead me to my higher place right. on earth. Again, as yeah. a our belief or my belief, your belief, our LDS Latter Day Saint belief is to respect that to the sense of. Is it, is it, yeah, is it leading towards good behavior? Is it within the, like, in in our articles of faith, is obeying the laws of the land? So is it leading to good things? Yes, is what your religious practices, is that obeying the laws of the land? Are you not committing crimes? Are you not? I I mean, I guess I'm thinking, sorry. No, go ahead. To like gangs, right? Like young kids, like, like they're getting involved in bad things. But there are good feelings that they are getting from it because it's fulfilling something that was missing from their life. Okay, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, so I, I want to circle back. Question? I think so. I want to circle back to this idea of using feelings to conclude that something is true. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, there might be a tribe in, in Africa and they take the chicken bones and when they're falling down the stairs, they land and then they make decisions on what to do for that day based mm-hmm. on the arrangement of the bones or... Um, then you have the, the Muslim terrorists, like the, they, okay. they hijack planes and crash them into buildings because they felt that their belief was true. Yeah, but so, again, that was a certain little group of Muslims. Right, because I don't think that that's you know, like the It Muslim wasn't the whole belief. religion yeah. belief. Okay. It was like the little, it's, yeah. it's like some of the Mormons decided to let me come over here and do plural marriages. Yeah. And that doesn't take place in the actual. So, quick, yes, that was so like self-preservation it's like oh yeah let, let's not insult the muslims here it's just a small yeah. group now because the, there are polygamous mormons but that's not us either so you know like let's let's give them the same consideration that we would hope that other people would have for us mm. yeah. i should also i have to mention too i i said something like the chicken bones falling down the stairs yeah somebody every once in a while i'll say give me a phrase to work into a conversation I, I say that on Twitter <laughs> and then I get some these weird responses and then I pick one. And that was the one that I, that I picked. That so I, is I, I awesome. Try to work them. So, yeah. so you, yeah, you mentioned in the last interview that you used, I think you said Periscope to do these things live and you've got people in your ear that are whispering things to you as you're doing this. Oh, oh. So this was a year ago. I wasn't doing, I, I, I don't think I was Periscoping here because I probably would have informed them that I was live streaming and recording. Oh, okay. And I wasn't doing the Discord thing until just recently. Okay. No, this was sort of a premeditated, how can I work in chicken bones into this, this conversation? And so what did, you, what did you get from being able to successfully work chicken bones into it? There was some kind of a, a prize or a, a reward? This was at the time where I was raising money to give four talks uh-huh. uh, this year. And uh, the the two people who gave the highest amount, I think I took their suggestions or something like that. Uh, so okay. I was able to get four talks on street epistemology this year. For oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a nice little detail. Mm. <laughs> like that, that a little you... behind the scenes there. <laughs> is If we recognize that feelings can lead people to incorrect conclusions mm-hmm. and your beliefs are largely based on feelings, okay. mm-hmm. how can either of you be 100% sure that it's true? Because, because of the knowledge of falling within the parameters, if you're, I, I just, I just want to ask this question again, this is for Reed. 
he didn't he didn't bat an eye. He could be just good because because yeah. he's he's still in that system one thinking. He's not thinking about the question. Whereas it looked like Jenny kind of went, huh. And it's interesting that she, that she gave more thought to it, even though feelings it wasn't so much of a factor in her mm-hmm. belief. Yeah, but she's still willing to entertain the idea. Whereas you're right, he was like, "Boom! I'm just going to give an answer here. I've got the answer queued up. I'm not going to give it a second thought." Right. Yeah. Doing what you're supposed to be doing in your religion. So, okay, for instance, Muslims, if they are doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they are following and abiding uh, abiding by every law that they believe in well in the mormon religion at the very end when you die you are going to be judged so this is what we believe we believe jesus christ is going to judge you on your actions so let's say a muslim grew up or whoever you you whatever religion you want that is a peaceful religion that obeys the laws of the land that does everything well when they die, they're going to be judged by Jesus Christ. They're going to be judged on... Look at how patient you are, Anthony. You're just standing well, yeah, there listening to talk excellent about something question, totally irrelevant okay. to what you're trying to do. <laughs> and you're just letting him go. She asks a question there at some point, too. Uh, can you rewind it? Maybe like yeah, 20 seconds? Yeah, back it up a little bit. It's a peaceful religion that obeys the laws of the land, that does everything well. When they die, they're going to be judged by Jesus Christ. They're going to be judged on... How do you know that? That's what he's saying. Well, I'm going to go into Excellent. that. Yeah. Excellent question, Jenny. I'm, I'm gonna, that's, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm getting at. Is, yeah, oh, like, yeah. like just directly yeah. answer. I know that like, that's um, what you believe. Right, so like how do you know that? Well, if, again, if your well, feelings I'm, are... I'm going to flip it around. Yeah, that no, wasn't done. Sorry. Cut me off. But anyways, so when all it's said and done, you're being judged. And when you're judged on based on whatever your actions were and the end, you are going to be account- uh, accountable for every, every single thing that was thought of and was that. So going back around was that you know it's true because you know that the feelings inside you are correct (laughs) so you so you know that it's true because you know that the feelings inside you are correct yeah and jenny was picking up on the how type of questions that i was asking she's like no 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 honey he wants to know how and he got was getting a little impatient with her yeah and it seemed like the whole time she was like she was watching him not answer the how right yeah i and i i think this you know we, we asked the question earlier about um one person versus two people when you're doing these interviews. I think in this case, the fact that he wasn't doing it and she was figuring it out made it stick more for her because she could see she's, she's watching him not answer the question, spinning his wheels in the sand and getting a little frustrated with him where that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't have been there. So I think that's, that's a beneficial thing. Yeah. This may have been the Genesis of me, like it dawning on me to teach people in the field how to do it Mm. because I try to commend her without being too like condescending, like good question, Jenny. Like I want to like commend her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, like because they lead you to correct things. Yeah. Because inside, see, so we believe that we are are born with almost like, would a Muslim tell me the same thing? Right. What's that? You're saying like, so how do we know? Uh, no, let me. Pre- I think it okay, hurt. Go, go Wouldn't a Muslim tell me the exact same thing? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So at the end, if they feel their religion is right, 
we feel our religion is right and we're living in peace and harmony well in the end we don't know what's going to happen we don't know because that's not allowed again going backwards we're not allowed to know what's going to happen how could you be 100 percent sure if you don't know based on feelings you have to feel these things because that's Wait, the whole back test. To your original question. That's the whole test on Earth. Sure. What was your original question? The fundamental question here, I think, yeah. is both of you, it seems, largely believe that your God is real because mm-hmm. of the feelings that you get feelings? for holding the belief. Yeah. And we recognize that other people can conclude that completely different things okay. are true yeah. because Based of a feeling. Their feelings. I'm trying to think now if one of the ladies I talked to last week thought that she thought that these birds were talking to her because mm-hmm. she had a feeling she might have okay it wouldn't be out of the out of the ordinary for someone to say mm-hmm. that's definitely your dad talking to you because you'll just feel it that it's true okay. mm-hmm. the question here i think is if we recognize that feelings don't always lead us to the yeah. truth yeah. how can you be so sure that the oh, feelings that you're having to 100 percent certainty is leading you to the truth I because, guess I would say for oh, me, it's oh. not, I can't, I, it's not something that I could give to you, and it's not something I can give to you. It's just, it is, for me, it's not just a feeling, it is truly a knowledge. And I don't know how, and that's why I think you're encouraged to develop that knowledge for yourself. That's, would you advise somebody to use feelings to conclude that something is true? when you recognize that it might lead me to the incorrect conclusion. I would only advise somebody to do that. I would only advise somebody to do that if it was something that I had experimented on and knew that there were good fruits from doing that. Does that make sense? Yet the Muslim would tell me the exact same thing about the fruits. And I would agree that there are positive fruits from their religion also. But I, I, I... I don't think we could speak for the world, but I can only speak for myself. And so I would only ever encourage someone to try trial something or to try to develop a knowledge of their own in the way that I have experienced and it's something that I feel is good. And so I guess I would say in looking at people who like Muslim extremists who are terrorists, maybe for them they are truly trying to spread something that they believe. Mm-hmm. I, and I guess I wouldn't... I, I don't know. I can't speak you know, to that. I thought of another question I'd like to ask you related to the belief scale. Mm-hmm. I asked you if you uh, if you didn't have evidence, where would you be? And you said, well, zero. And, fe- and a feeling is your evidence. And I think you said, even if I really discovered I didn't have evidence, I'd still be, I'd still know it. So my question is, since it seems like this is largely based on the feeling that you get that it's true, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. If you discovered through the course of this conversation or afterwards when hopefully you're talking about this, if you were to discover that feelings are not a reliable way to come to know that something is true, mm-hmm. what influence would that have on your confidence that this God is real, that 100% that you have now? I still don't think I would be, I don't think I would be affected. That may be a naive assumption, mm. but I don't. I don't understand the Because question. for me, it's not, <laughs> it, I, for me, again, I think it is beyond feeling. Well, let me it clarify for Anthony here. I... I I do think that that's a hard question to understand when you haven't really thought about it before. Yeah. And as I'm watching this, it seems like Jenny is saying that these feelings aren't all that important to her. And Anymore. I'm wa- they were. 
She said she said they were because she used to do these things, have these feelings, and it happened so frequently. That okay, it like na- nature, and it just becomes a knowledge now. Okay, good, good. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I missed that part uh, when I was watching this because I was thinking she's saying that she knows it, and everything else is sort of just bonus. So if if that bonus stuff went away, which might include feelings, she'd still know it. But I missed the part if if that's where she said. She was using feelings initially. Yeah, I think I think that's what she said earlier. Okay, that that she would have these these confirmations. She would, uh, you know, read a scripture, do it. She gave the tithing example, and then she would see the the evidence of it and have the feelings. I think she associated. I could be wrong. Um, No, she did. She did. Yeah. Okay. I I don't want to. I feel bad here if I was lumping her in with Anthony's reason. This is, this is the risk that you take when you're doing a joint interview and you know, we're watching it. We're, we're like, sure. We're one year later, quarterbacking this conversation <laughs> right? yeah. and you have to think of these things, you know, in the field while you're doing it, it could be pretty challenging. But I, I, I thought for a minute there, maybe I got sloppy by lumping her in with Anthony on the feelings, but but maybe she is in there with him. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think you're sloppy at all because she 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 was said. I think what she's saying is that now feelings aren't as important because I've I, she, she said I've transcended that. I, yes, yeah, I no, think I, I I wish I'd spent more time on like is it really wise to be so sure that something is true and and mm-hmm. lock yourself off to never changing and all that. Yeah, but but I but I do think that it's hard. It, it's hard to conceive like when you're so certain that something is true and that that you've had that witness in that confirmation it's really hard to even imagine what might change you but for mormons there's specific programming on that you know you think about the story of laman and lemuel and nephi that that see see the angel and still fall away and then you said hey you know it's yeah the the feeling you get you know if you can't follow that it wouldn't matter if you saw an angel and you you get those those likenings to that feeling being as valid and directly from god as anything else so Mm -hmm. in her head it's like an angel came down and said yep this is the one true church because that is how she's you know arranged that feeling in her mind that it's that you know linked to god yeah. I'm also wondering too, as we're discussing that, that these questions might not shed a lot of doubt on those past experiences that they've had at the moment. But by having a conversation like this about feelings and how can we really be sure that the feelings that we're experiencing are validation that it's really the Holy Ghost and therefore the Book of Mormon is true and therefore that God is real, it might it might be good to have these types of dialogues for the future experiences that this couple might have maybe the next time they feel that feeling yeah they might wonder about this conversation and then start giving it a little bit more thought as opposed to those those actual experiences that happened decades ago that were formative and where they're at now maybe maybe you know what i mean like maybe these questions I, i think so i think the most powerful thing that that as i started transitioning out of the church was realizing that what i felt was no different than a muslim or an atheist or or any that they are just natural biological yeah. know, feelings of evolution, you know you know elevation that you get and once i figured that out I was I was done with with Mormonism, but but that's the thing. And, and Mormons think that what they have is different than what anybody else has, mm-hmm. right? Like every religion does, right? I'm wondering, Anthony, do you ever ask them if 
if they can make distinctions between feelings that are coming from themselves or feelings that are coming from God or feelings that are coming from the Holy Ghost. Do you, do you ever go down that path with them? That is a great question. And I don't know if I asked them that here. Uh, I might've, it would definitely be a good line of questioning to go down. I do think I have a conversation on my channel with a woman. Her name is Yvette. Uh, so if you search for my name and, and Yvette, you'll probably find that video on YouTube where I think I do ask her, how could we differentiate between this God talking to you and you yourself having these conversations? Yeah. So that, that sort of differentiation question comes up a lot, whether we're yeah. talking about God or everything happens for a reason or karma or whatever. I, I think that would be an important seed to plant at least, you know, to, to get them to start thinking about mm -hmm. how, how do you make the distinct, because I, I'm sure they would admit, Oh, well, yeah, that, those feelings I had weren't from the Holy Ghost, but... Yeah, I think at the end of this conversation, as we're, I don't know how much longer we have here, but as we're wrapping up, Anthony says something like, like, for example, if, there, if I think that there's somebody behind that tree over there, and at this point, his wife is ready to go. Yeah. But then I, th I think it, it dawned on me at that point, like, okay, this is a great example where, you know, and we didn't go there because we ran out of time, but I certainly would have gone the path of, Okay, so if you get a feeling that someone's behind the tree, how can you tell if that's really your brain giving you that feeling or if it's this higher power? And mm -hmm. how can we figure that out? We don't go there in this conversation, unfortunately. Yeah. If you couldn't use feelings to conclude with 100% certainty that your God is real, if, if for some reason someone said a dictate from on high or something, like in your scripture you discovered that uh, feelings are an unreliable way to come to the truth. Okay, yeah. And you had to pull that out of your out of your arsenal mm -hmm. uh, that you're using to get to the hundred. Yeah. What influence would that have? Well, if if we were told, like in our if our if the scripture we're reading right now said, "Don't go on your feelings, <laughs> go on the world." Is that what you're saying? It's a bad example because I'm sort of using a, your your holy book. Oh, okay. uh, to help so, you lower your confidence. Well, just, just to, well, just to make it sense. So, if one of our church leaders, if our, our, our president of the church, or if our scripture said, "Don't go on your feelings anymore, go like this," I would listen to his counsel. At the point where I'm at now, prior to joining the church, I wouldn't listen. I, I would think he was some normal, regular guy. I would go based on what I was born with. Like if my mom told me, learn this way, don't, you know, we don't believe in a God. We believe in, like, if you make money. How frequently does this happen where people come by and you have to ask them to leave? <laughs> yeah, you can't, listeners can't tell, but I'm, I'm waving behind my back to tell this group of three people who just pulled up, uh, you know, kind of get their attention that we're recording. It happens a lot. Uh, you probably noticed several airplanes going over yeah. overhead. Uh, that that happens. Um, I've started. I have placards now that I put up that that says "recording in progress" to try to get people to be a little bit more quiet. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to help. Yeah, right. I'm open to suggestions here. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Did, did did do you ever have like other microphones that you let them hold while they're talking? I thought about that. Yeah, I, I don't know if this whiteboard has it. Um, sometimes you'll see on my whiteboard, I have a little bolt sticking through it where you can yeah. screw on like a, a really nice like H4N zoom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. To capture the audio, but that was just too bulky. Yeah. Um, 
I've since added some some more microphones to my mix than than I've used here. Only know to go for things that are color gray. If I didn't go based on feeling, if feelings weren't. Can we just hold on just one second because it's really noisy. Um, uh, that's okay. We're, we're just trying to do an interview. Sorry. Um, I don't mean to be rude to them. Channel six news. <laughs> no. What? I said channel six news. What does that mean? No, that's like it's just a, yeah. a, a, a news like interview. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, um, I for, I asked you a horrible question because I yeah, I yeah. basically used your own holy book mm -hmm. to ask if that would lower your confidence. So, can I rephrase this question? Sure. If if at the end of this talk, you discovered that faith is unreliable. I think I even asked this. Not faith, sorry. Uh, if, you, if you discovered at the end of this talk, your shirt just was reminding me of that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if you discovered at the end of this talk and through subsequent discussions with people, maybe even yourselves, and you discovered that feelings were unreliable, yet they comprise such a large part of why you're sure, mm -hmm. would that in turn have a corresponding influence on your certainty? Would you be adjusting down to the 50 if you realized that feelings were unreliable? No. If you had to remove well, feelings, what would, you, what would your evidence be? In a sense, again, like again, where... Again, it would be really... There would be no evidence. So you couldn't... I mean, without feelings, then you have nothing. I don't know, though. I think I feel differently. It sounds like what you're saying is mm -hmm. that even if you discover that feelings were unreliable, you would still hold the belief. I would, and I think only because I still see the evidence of putting into practice in my life the teachings mm -hmm. and the, the benefits and the good fruits and the things that it can well, do for the are world. Are you seeing the fruits? I see the evidence yes. of that. And it's that, that goes beyond feeling. That, to me, is almost like a physical proof. Mm -hmm. Not that I think that that's necessary, but I think I've seen enough of that in my life. Yes. That I, I still have the feelings, but well, I don't know that they are necessary. I just want to say this. Without feelings, then it would go into survival of the fittest mode. It would be in the animal, you'd be in the primitive animal <laughs> world where you would live this know. life. You mean go, like if we didn't have feelings? Yeah, well, if you didn't use feelings based for your guide, guidance. Because mm. we're using our feelings to guide us. Yeah. Again. Do true. feelings always lead us to reliable conclusions? No. Well, obviously Again, not, because that's why so. we're tr being okay. tried right now. Can I can I follow up on something that you said about the fruits, okay. if you don't mind? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to hold you guys up for too long. No, well, it's okay. Yeah, just this a few more minutes because we have to go to Costco. Oh, okay, but this is... Uh, and I didn't eat breakfast. I, I, I like these. <laughs> <breakfast. laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't eat breakfast, okay. and I am going to take Please. a Please, yeah. Would you like one, too? Oh, no, thank you. Okay. All right. My question to you about the fruit... It sounds like what you're saying is that... If you discover that you don't have evidence and you discover that feelings were unreliable, you'd still be, you'd still have a very high degree of confidence that the God is real because you see fruits of having the belief. You, you, you see things that are happening in your life that correspond with what you've read in the scripture. Yes. And then that's the validation to you that this belief is true. It does, it does help to validate. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, if you weren't exposed to these beliefs in the first place, mm -hmm. and if you hadn't already used feelings to be sure that the belief is true, and that you just know that it's true, would you be looking at these positive things that are happening in your life as fruits of your belief, or as normal everyday occurrences that just tend to happen to 
people in 2017 who are living in the United States. I think I probably would view it that way. Like they're just sort of normal everyday things. I, I guess I don't know. I've always, I've always had that like faith as an origin. So that's probably mm -hmm. hard for me to understand or to answer truthfully yeah. because I've never come right. from a different place. Okay. But I would imagine that like had without the teachings that I have like to back up mm -hmm. my direction mm -hmm. that I would just think yeah that's just you know good things happen to good people or mm. you know what I mean just sort of think it's just an energy of the world or something like that so being told correct me if this isn't it is being told that the belief is true very early on uh, skewing your ability to objectively look at the belief Okay. That's a good um, question. That is a great question. But I would say, I would say maybe for some people, I would think not for myself only because I was never told, I wasn't told that it has to be true. I was told to figure it out for myself. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, again, and so, I do think, yeah, that come it, on, for really? Me, it was, uh, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. I really find it hard to believe that if a family, I mean, it's, it's possible, I suppose, but generally most people are raised in families that they teach them that this is true. It's, it's ingrained in them. Yes. You're not said, Hey, mommy and daddy believe this, but we want you to come to your own reasons for coming to this. I, 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 I don't yeah, know. The, uh, figure it out for yourself. It, I don't, it's a little more than just lip service, but the, uh, the option for, anything but finding out it's true is just not there like yeah. you figure it out that it's true for yourself but you're going to figure out that it's true yeah <laughs> grew up without a guidance like that like i said there was a god's real but that was it and so when when, when i grew up it was god was real so if there was a god then just try to do good is i mean in a sense that's what it is it's like so don't steal don't do this you know try not to make those bad choices because hey there is a guy there's someone watching you even though that's mm -hmm. all i knew there's someone watching me you do right not wrong so okay growing up without the knowledge not not being handed like this is the way you should believe this is you need to pray morning and night and you need to go dip yourself in, in the lake four times you know without that i would say that Again, you are influenced by who raises you. And even then, if there is no leadership or feelings or whatever, you're in survival mode. What are you going to do to survive? Hmm. So like, as again, you're raised as a baby, so you have no say so in what you're doing. You have to rely on whoever is going to raise you. And whoever is raising you doesn't have a clue of what's going on here because any new parent can tell you they have no, there's no rule book on how to parent. <laughs> so when you're raising a child, you're in survival mode. It's like, as long as you don't get hurt, you're going to be okay. You need to be fed, cleaned, and taken care of. Okay. And so when you're in that situation, I know, when you're in that Genuine situation, <laughs> we're trying to like, I'm trying to just kind of go into like no religion, like if you didn't have that. Then you would have to be based on judgment and what's your judgment to raise this child in that sense. And as a child, you have none of that. You're just there and just, I'm hungry and you cry. So based okay. on that, again, it goes by almost, if you don't want to use the word feelings, it's a judgment. It's like what's right and what's wrong. 
Like you can easily walk, you can have a child and leave them there and walk away from them and you're not gonna care less about a child. But for something's pushing you, something's driving you to say, I need to take care of my child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If the feelings were thrown away. So does that help answer the uh, maybe a question or kind of? I definitely have, I think I have a better understanding of, of what you believe and why and how you think you're, how you are arriving at your 100% confidence. So yeah, we can definitely wrap it up. I got a card. So and uh, if you guys want to meet again, that's fine, or you can email yeah. me. Uh, awesome. Sometimes people message me six months later to say, I was thinking about it, and I was really thinking about feelings and wondering if, if that's a reliable way. And if I wasn't raised with this belief, would I, would I be looking at things differently? And, uh, and some, sometimes people ponder on these things. Yeah, well, good luck with yeah, your research. You. It's I, really fascinating. I, it's really interesting. Thank you. I wish I had that much time in my life to do that. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> my kids are at school where I'm a stay-at-home dad, so they're oh, at school today. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. No, just, well, your kids will probably grow up to be very I, big thinkers, I'm sure. Maybe so. Probably, you, know, you must have like a degree in philosophy or something. No, I don't have a degree in philosophy. If I was going to go back and get a, get, get a degree, I think it'd probably be psychology. Oh, yeah. Because I'm really interested in, in how people are forming these beliefs and that type awesome. of thing. Awesome. So, do you have any beliefs of your own? Like, what is your. Do you want me to get belief? into this? Can you pop it yeah. here before it goes on to that? I, I was watching it and I'm like, why is he going into this whole like. You know, if you don't have feelings, it just seemed like a kind of weird, somewhat unrelated tangent. But I think he somewhat misinterpreted like you saying, if you don't have that feeling of the Holy Ghost to if you have no feelings at all. Yeah. Um, you'd yeah, just be like a wild weird. animal with no guidance and who knows what you'd be up to. Yeah. yeah. As, as I'm watching yeah. this, this always happens. I, I haven't watched this ever since, you know, I posted it and. Uh, I noticed things like, oh man, this is this was kind of sloppy. There was a lot of airplanes going overhead. It wasn't quite as focused. If this was a one-on-one, -on -one, it would have been half as long mm -hmm. and doubly productive, I think. Yeah. But like, there are advantages to doing a joint interview, like sure. I, like you mentioned at the start. Oh. Like maybe, yeah. and then I'll email. In a nutshell, oh, I'm curious because okay, this is kind of what we. Oh, them. sorry. I, just, <laughs> I like conversation like this. I love it too. Yeah. Um, so in a nutshell, on that same scale, mm -hmm. from zero to one hundred, I'm right now at about a two. Okay. okay. However, when I have conversations with people, uh, I'm reluctant to admit that because it tends to put people on the defensive, mm -hmm. or. Um, they might want to start preaching and then I don't get into why you think it's true yeah. and how you concluded that it's true. You're not wanting to learn the theology. You're just kind of wanting yeah. to learn the, yeah. the epistemology. I, I'm interested. I, epistemology is the study of how, how people come to know things mm -hmm. and the methods that they use to know things. And, and we explore those methods that you're using. And the street part of that is like going out on the street and talking to people, although you don't have to. Most of the time, this just happens over social media and that type of thing. But... Um, at the very start, I talked about cardinals. Like, if that's true, I want to know about it. If this is true, I'd like to know about it. And uh, I'm always fascinated when I meet people who believe in, like, uh, I haven't met a lot of Mormons. I've been looking forward to meeting Mormons. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited to run into you both. Nice, nice. And that was really cool. However, it is common for me to hear that people are believing in completely different gods because of those same reasons. Right. They were raised it. They were told it. 
they uh, they study it and they see the fruits of their belief. Uh, that they get a feeling, it's they feel in their bosom that it's that it's Allah, that it's Vishnu, and and they actually uh, they they say that they're hundred percent sure that these things are true. So yeah, that's interesting. That is fascinating. Hey, how are you? Okay, man. I hope to run to you again. Yeah. Yes, and you as well. I will yeah. definitely email you more about I would, the Mormon religion. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, with, all due, with all due respect. Yeah, I think Shane doesn't want that. No, well, it's good to know because it took me over about, what, a year and a half of studying... Every question I had was answered. Even the stupidest question, like, Joseph Smith, I thought this guy was a quack. Here, here's the order that I would need first to be able to, to okay. take you up on your offer to read it. And I'm not against reading oh, it. Oh, yeah, I don't want you to read the Book of Mormon yet. I just want you to just yeah. have little pieces of, like, why I, by <laughs> myself. I okay, go ahead. Okay. All I was going to say is, is if I meet somebody that has a reliable way to know that these things are true, okay, then I'm going to probably take an interest in it and want to learn more about it. All right. Tell me what that would be, Anthony. Oh, what would I accept to yeah. that the Book of Mormon was true? Well, just just like if if people give you a reliable way that they've come to know something, something that's testable, repeatable, consistent, that uh, no matter where I happen to be living or where I was raised, uh, I would probably come to the same conclusion. Something along those lines, probably something along the lines of the scientific method. Has anybody ever given you anything even close to that? For a God? Yeah, I mean, for anything, for, for any of the beliefs that they talk about. I got you into mm. system two thinking. I've... Yeah, definitely system two. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. N- nothing, for the, n- not th- nothing for anything supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a tendency too, like when these conversations wrap up and especially if they know where I stand, uh, that was kind of unique. I don't usually disclose my position, but I explained why my re- I'm a little reluctant to do so, but I'm not against doing it. Um, sometimes people, then they switch to preach mode and they want to give, and here he is, he wants to give me, he wants to yeah. email me. And I was being very clear. I'm, I'm not interested in what you believe. I might take you up on it, but it, it first needs to be demonstrated that you used a reliable way to get there and feelings you know, feelings probably just isn't going to do it for me. And quite frankly, I'm not quite there yet with you folks. Oh yeah, no, it's totally fine. Okay. And I, I, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. That. Thank I you. I truly do. I think, I think from yeah. our standpoint, we're like, and, and everything there will have to be an element of yeah, faith. Yeah, I definitely will give you uh, an email, but yeah, just real quick, just simple thing. Mormon religion, they don't have any symbols. The only symbol they use to represent themselves are the church members themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are the examples? That yeah, that's ridiculous. By other LDS, I don't know what I don't know what he's talking about. Of course, mm. Angel like Moroni. Yeah, right. I mean, how many symbols? In there? Of course, the Mormon Church has symbols. Missionaries wearing a white shirt and a black name tag. You know, I mean, there's symbols all over the place. But I, I don't even know why he felt like that was. But, but wait, but. Before we leave, it's really important that this guy knows that the Mormon church doesn't have symbols. That's what's keeping him from wanting to find out more. I need to let him know that there's no symbols. I don't know where this is coming from. Well, also, Jenny said it really quick there. She said it, it really, everything really has an element of faith. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, she's walking around with this shirt that says faith on it. Right. And, and faith didn't come up yeah. as a method like it normally does when mm-hmm. people are talking about God. This is all about feelings and fruits. Yeah, 
there's that third F there that didn't really come up until just right here at the end. Yeah. She mentions faith, that you have to have an element of faith. That is a consistent theme that I find for all supernatural claims, karma, um, ghosts, gods. Faith it's the catch-all. Yeah, faith is the catch-all. And that's, that's what Boghossian points out in his book. And, and you know, if you focus on faith, they're going to probably come to realize that it's an unreliable way to come to believe that something is true. Yeah. But here we are, sadly, at the end of the talk. And then and, and I try not to mention these things. I, don't, I didn't mention fruits or feelings or faith. I want them to bring these things up because mm-hmm. they, faith may have never been a part of this mix. I don't know for this couple, but it, it seems to be at least for her. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I think if this was a one-on-one conversation with me and Jenny or me and Anthony, it would have been a much different thing. I think it would have been much more focused, much more productive. Not that this was bad. We yeah. didn't argue. We're, we right. met on good terms. We're leaving on good terms. He wants yeah. to email me. Like They're excited. They, they seem to have enjoyed the talk. That's all common. The best evidence is the lives of the people and like the, the, way, and the, way, they the way that they live mm-hmm. their religion and what it brings I, to their life and what it can bring to others. I got you. Can I ask you one more question? And you can just think about it. You know, you have to answer it. Go get your food. <clears throat> um, if you had at your disposal evidence that's different than personal experiences from other people okay. and feelings okay. and, uh, and then seeing the fruits of, I guess, another person, that's sort of personal experience now I think about it. So if you had, if you had evidence that was not personal experience, and it wasn't feelings. Would you prefer to have that evidence over those others? Hmm. I think for myself, no. No, I wouldn't because Mm-mm. I wouldn't have believed it. No, I, I, I guess, yeah. Oh, I just think oh, that because that I grew nece- up with, yeah, I grew yeah. up in a non. For me, it's necessary. Like, I just think that there's a necessary element of faith. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I would need feelings, definitely. Is it more virtuous? to have your belief based on feelings and not evidence? No, um, I don't think so, but I guess, I guess I would say this, like, I think that there is, I believe that there is an eternal being like within me and without that faith and knowing that way, um, I think I wouldn't have such a deep rooted knowledge. I think seeing something is not as eternal or long lasting. You know, I, I, I think that was a good question that you asked, Anthony. And I, and I don't know if, if the reason that you asked it was because of things that she said earlier. But when, when she would talk about how she transcended feelings and um, that there is evidence based on the way that she lives her life, but you don't need evidence. You know, it, when she throws in that little caveat, but you don't need evidence, I think that suggests that she really does believe what you asked. Is it virtuous to believe without evidence or believe without faith to just have this belief? Because there's, there's definitely a premium on that culturally within Mormonism and probably in, in other religions as well. That if you can, I, and I think there's even Bible scriptures that say if, if you can believe just on faith, how much more is your belief or something if you don't need evidence? Mm-hmm. I think there are scriptures to that. And I think I noticed that she mentioned faith two more times here, right at yeah. the end. Yeah. Faith may very well be the, the method that she's using to know that her God is real. She doesn't need evidence. She yeah. doesn't need feelings. Even if uh, the, 
the fruits weren't happening, she would still be able to say that she knows it probably because of faith. I don't think we get into it here. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Does that make sense? Your preference would be feelings over evidence. Um, yeah, that's my per- that's my. I think so, feelings, and again, because I think hundred percent. I, I guess evidence. feelings is a little bit tricky for me, but I guess having a spiritual confirmation. That's because feeling. for me, that yeah, it is. Is that what feeling, faith is? But I see you, you mentioned faith a couple times. Yeah, and I guess I think faith that that is what feeling, faith yeah. is. Yeah. It's it's believing it in something me, that isn't me. there. Like I yeah. believe a hundred percent that there is a guy standing right behind that tree right now, even though you can't see anything there. No, I know that. That's I feel yeah. that. But, but I guess I'm saying you know, that's I mean, why I, I I'm trying right to explain now, why that, that would just be a, that's an example. I'm just explaining that that's why I prefer I that because for me that is an of eternal lasting, whereas mm. experiences in this life are temporary. Okay, deep, deep question here. I know these have been really deep. Are you content with going off of faith and feelings because you can never discover that the belief was not true? Oh, okay. Um, no. No. I, I guess I, I don't really know how else to say it, but no. Um, when she mentioned, oh, it's a spiritual confirmation, and then he said, yeah, that's feeling. Right. Um, all growing up, it was always, oh, spirit, it's different from feeling. Um, I'm kind of surprised mm. he admitted to that. This, yeah, this is a hot mess. I mean, we're talking about the fruits and are the, is the fruits really experience? And then is the feeling, are you using faith to confirm that the feelings are true? Like, as I'm looking back on this year old conversation now, I, I, I really am kind of kicking myself that it wasn't as tightly focused as I think that I could do today. But that's, this was the best that I could do at the time. And I think this is still a very good talk. I think it's going to stay with them, but uh, it's, it's kind of sloppy. And in fact, Anthony, he never mentions faith at all until she talks about these feelings and faith. And then he defines it, believing in something that isn't there. Hmm. And then he uses the feelings to confirm that his faith is true. And he, he, this is the example that he's raising about a guy behind the tree guy behind the tree. And gosh, I wish this came up in the first three minutes. Walk, walk me through that. I'm not, I'm not completely tracking what you're saying um, with, with that, Anthony. Well, the, the, cause I didn't, it, it, he and, and Jenny were kind of like talking pat. They were like dueling with each other when he said that. And so I was distracted. I don't really understand why he brought up the man behind the tree in the first place. I think he was raising the example of a man behind the tree to demonstrate that he's applying faith. This is the first time I think that Anthony is actually agreeing that faith is part of this mix. Yeah. Up until this point, it's been feelings, but he's saying that I think he's saying I can have faith and feel that there's somebody behind that tree and be justified in concluding that it's true. Even if I don't see it. Yes. And this would have been a wonderful moment to talk about testing. And I, I, I'm, I don't know if I pick up on it here or maybe it's afterwards when I'm doing my recap or whatever, mm. or maybe it, you know, it, was, it was when I was editing it. And I was thinking that would have been perfect to start talking about how can we test? Yeah, let's say all three of us have a feeling that there's a person behind that tree. Would we be justified in being 100% sure and say that we know that it's true? 
all three of us would probably agree, no, 100% wouldn't be the right spot to be. But maybe we can all three of us walk over there and investigate it and look behind the tree. Yeah. Let's not use our feelings. Right. Let's actually, the three of us, explore it. Maybe independently. Jenny, you walk over there. Anthony, you walk over there. Now I'm going to walk over there and let's report our results. Yeah. We could have gone in some really fun directions with that, but sadly the conversation was kind of wrapping up. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I even wonder if, if there was such a high degree of confidence that somebody was behind the tree, even without seeing them, but you felt it. And then you walk over there and they're not there anymore that then you would think, Oh, well, they must've left. Or they must've <laughs> climbed up the tree or they were there. They're gone. They yeah. were there. I know they were there. How? Because I felt it, but you didn't see it. I don't need to see it. I felt, you know, or like whatever, yeah, you, you, you could have. Yeah, you the, could've these are simple examples that really the street epistemologist should be surfacing. I, this is something that I should have come up with. Like, mm-hmm. could I have a feeling that there was somebody behind the tree over there and be justified? That would have been a great question. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the beauty of going out and having these talks. You learn what you should have done, and then you can share your, you can fail forward like we talked about it in the last one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, f- I feel like I could be handed physical evidence mm-hmm. that something that I've learned within the Book of Mormon or something is not true. And I would still have the knowledge that I do, I, which that does almost does sound naive and ignorant does, does, to it to a human. Does this help answer that though. question, too? So they gave me the Book of Mormon when I was twenty years old. Before I prayed or did anything, mm-hmm. I would get the Book of Mormon and use it as my fire, you know, to help fuel my fire. But based on feelings and knowing what's going on, and praying and knowing. If you read this, or it was pray about it. I want to shut him up for a minute because I'm really, really frustrated that her comment went unresponded to, and that he didn't create any space for that response. I, I don't know if you do afterwards, but but tell me now, like if you were standing in front of them now, one on one with Jenny, how would you address that now? Oh, to be clear, I think she was saying if I was given evidence that showed that the Book of Mormon wasn't true, I still yeah. think that I would know it to be true. Right. And so, then as so. soon as she said it, yeah, she said something along the lines of, I understand that that sounds naive and ignorant, but from a humanistic point of view, yeah. Yeah. I would have sat on that. I wouldn't have said it would have been tough if that was just me and her. And if or if he was being willing willing to just listen and not jump on the second that he saw an opening. I would have sat on 30 seconds or a minute after that so that she can think about what she just said. Yeah. So, so you, you just would have let that hang in the air in silence. I think I would have let it hang in the air in silence and, and wait for her to say something. Yeah. I think I would point out, I, I would say something like, okay, Jenny, I think what you're saying is that even if you found, if you, even if you were presented with evidence yeah. That to your satisfaction showed that the Book of Mormon was not true. Yeah. It would not alter your confidence whatsoever in the truth of the Book of Mormon, that the, yeah. that the Mormon God is real. Is that what you're telling me? And then I would pause and see what she said. Yeah. And, she, and if she said, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Then we might talk, well, again, I don't know, like the duration of the talk. This was already a long talk. But you can go in some really interesting directions there. Like, well, think about it. She's saying that even if she was given evidence, it wouldn't change her mind. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to talk about what evidence she would accept at this point. So, you know, she is doubling down on this feeling that she thinks is 
God telling her, telling her that it's true, I would say, do you think the Muslim would feel the same about, you know, his religious texts, you know, start to, to get her to, to, to think of other people that, in, that would answer it the exact same way to help her start understanding that, yeah, you do feel that. Yeah, it's not what you think it is. And until she she can think that the feeling is not what she thinks it is, I, I think any other line of uh, of uh, conversation will just kind of fall short. The benefits of the belief that she's getting might supersede the need for the belief to be true. Yeah, that very well may the, be the case here. And that probably would have been the next question that I asked, something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All right. Read it and then pray again to ask to see if it's true. <laughs> After knowing that and having half a feeling, a confirmation of feeling, then I know for certain, 100%, that it is true. But would you rather have physical evidence? Well, that's the thing. Well, let me, let me. So anyways, no, no, now, like just like I was going to say, just like two weeks ago, there was almost like, it's almost physical evidence now that the Book of Mormon is true. Like there was a talk just uh, a week ago that was talking about the Book of Mormon. It's like so, in a almost like in a in a perspective of like how can this be done? Like how could this guy write this book in this amount of time without any revisions, without any kind of publisher, without this or that, without any kind well, of a knowledge? Have lots of conversations. To, yeah. to write a 500-page book, and it goes a little in depth into like more all into about, like the semantics of how the Book of Mormon came to came be. Really, and it's like yeah. there's almost like that that's more like of like a physical evidence. sense. But do you prefer but that? Would over I have, that's that's the question. Would, would I have? What, what I'm saying is, before I was, uh, uh, before I, I did all my feelings. Like if I, if you would have brought me that evidence at age 20, I wouldn't have. I would have laughed at that evidence. Interesting. Oh, okay. I would use so okay. feelings have to come first. Oh, all right. Okay. So be, uh, let me let me summarize. Yeah. Because you have a deep feeling that it's true. Mm-hmm. When you look at things that you would chalk up to not being evidence, if you hadn't had the feeling, yeah. you're more likely to call it sufficient evidence because you have the feelings. Let me see. This, that, yeah, so say, wait, I can repeat it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's hard. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Back in the day, okay. if you were to see something that they would call evidence, you would just be like, come on, that's not. However, today, because you have the feeling that it's true, yeah. when you see something that you would have looked at and scoffed at, mm-hmm. today you're more likely to accept it because you have the feeling that it's true. Yes, exactly right. And I think that goes along with a lot of everything. That's the way our lives are set. If we're not ready for it. If our feelings don't yeah. tell us we're not ready for it, it's, it's like, like we wouldn't accept it. It's like dating it's a girl. True. It's like a twelve-year-old, ten-year-old, you know, ten-year-old boy is not feeling any feelings towards a girl. They're kind of like, I don't want to get it. But an eighteen-year-old boy is like, hey, come here, young lady. You know, there's a feelings that that motivate us to do things. Like feelings sort of precipitate everything. My feelings were not looking towards. I'm not looking to find a religion to follow. But at age 22, when something was presented to me, like and they said, pray about it, that. ask, almost like, ask, should I follow this? And then that kind of like flipped me around to like, huh. You know, there was like, it, 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 you can't, it's like, again, it's one of those uh, um, undescribable 
flips or a, a, a feeling again that tells you this is the path you need to go. You need to start. But yeah, I guess you yeah, you to have feel, to be prepared. You got to be prepared. Okay. So like I don't know, 20 minutes ago or something, we were talking about feelings and that mm -hmm. they are they can be unreliable and lead people to the wrong conclusions. Mm -hmm. And yet you're using feelings to be sure that your belief is true. And when you look at something that you would have earlier scoffed and said that that's not evidence, because you have feelings, which we've already said are probably unreliable, you are more prone to accept something because you already have this feeling that it's true. Do, do, you, ever, do you ever get into like the biology of feelings you know asking them where do you think those feelings are coming from what what are like how are they being made i guess this is the the question that i asked earlier about making a distinction between mm -hmm. feelings that just come from yourself and feelings that might come from an outside source or something like that well you have to meet people where they're at so yeah. if i if i got an inclination that they were open to the idea that their brain might be producing feelings and giving yeah. them the, it just didn't seem like the, the way to go. Maybe if they brought it up or something like, yeah, sometimes I wonder if these feelings are coming from my brain or if this really is the Holy ghost, then I might talk about that or, or ask them if they've researched that. You don't generally, generally want to give people evidence until you've confirmed that they're ready for it. Mm. And I don't think this, I don't think these folks are ready for it, but the big takeaway here was Anthony saying that essentially feelings have biased my view of the evidence. Yeah. That's essentially what he's saying. Yeah. With, without recognizing it. Mm -hmm. they, because ask, earlier when you asked him that point blank, he said, no, it wouldn't happen. Which is why I try to repeat it back. Cause I want yeah. him to hear what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think he's so focused on going to the next thing. that yeah. might, might not be landing with him. Yeah. Did you say feelings were unreliable? Yeah. It, it, did, 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 we not, uh, did we not conclude that? No, I know that? what you're mm -hmm. saying. Uh, if well, we didn't, I thought, so I thought we... Because I, we, we yeah, were talking I, about how um, people who believe that's chicken bones, mm -hmm. they have a feeling that that's You got true. it a second yeah. time yeah. in chicken bones. Well, but I think we were saying, yeah. I guess yeah. what I believe is so, that, that there's a portion of truth or light, but I guess feelings can be unreliable, but I, you're using but, the word feelings. Oh, and I okay. Think that maybe. That's yeah. Bad. Okay. Cause so let, let me, let me rephrase that. I think that, that there's so almost if, something if that you, you were, can't describe, but it isn't yeah. like it is. If you were doing so, so now what, what, if you're doing something, you're, your feeling is right. If you know, it's right. If you feel it's right. And it turns out to be a wrong sense. Now here's the thing. When I say wrong, there is a level of wrong. You can, there's a wrong where I, I, I know there's a wrong where I, I accidentally ended up at Whataburger instead of going to McDonald's. And then there's a wrong where, hey, I murdered people and, you know, I went this route and nobody got hurt. You know, there's a there's a wrong way. I decided to drink and drive and I killed people. I decided to okay. drink and drive and nobody died. So based on feelings were there. Well, you got to have your feelings. You're going to be wrong with your feelings. Everyone's going to be wrong at a certain point. However, there's a point where your feelings are making you feel good and everything's right. So that's the path to take. So hence the reason. Oh, like if it's leading you on a good path. Yes, because, If your feeling is leading you on a good path. In the religion then, we're in. Well, here, here's, here's the question I, I'd like to ask. Is, yeah, like. Well, but, are, here's my question. Okay. Are, are feelings testable? Can we test the reliability of feelings? No, I don't, I don't think, think you think can. So. I don't think so. Do you think you can? You Let me rephrase this. Can we test the reliability 
of feelings that bring us to conclude that things are true. The only way to test them is to do them. Yeah, I mean, I think to act on them and see that that good things come. And And like what? That's the only way to do it. Because here's again, the trials come in, you are going to be wrong. There are going to be bad things that happen based on. So like when I joined the church, there were bad things. I got fired from my job. All of a sudden, just there are going to be trials, and it was, it didn't have anything to do but with I think that. More like, it was more of like, so I joined the church. I feel like I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, and all of a sudden, it this bad mean thing happens. doesn't mean all good things are going to happen in things, your life, yeah. but good things come into your life as you obey those teachings. Good things. So I think that's that's the only testable way. Well, let me ask you this: uh, Let's say somebody comes to the trail here, and they're about to do the hike, and they don't grab a map. They just have a feeling that they're going to be able no. to figure their way through it. And they're going to get lost. Well, and, 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 and that's so, a great... Yes, ooh, feelings can one. lead you down yeah. bad However, did, it, before you go up there, did you know to grab a map? Or did you choose not to grab a map? Mm, that's true. So when you're walking up here, you feel like there is a map there. And then, or did you walk up here and not even notice the map? You just feel, I need to go on that trail. Now that, that's, so that's the, kind of like the religion as you go and develop these feelings you are presented with choices and what choice are you going to make when you go about you your, when you're prompted you yeah when you're prompted your with these feelings what are your choices like for instance yeah what okay so that? in this hypothetical somebody walks up here and they have a feeling that they don't need the map but they see the map there right well here's the question okay here's the, the question is could feelings lead a person astray Definitely, if they're I mean, not I think doing the right the, yeah, thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that's evidence. There's yeah, evidence that's totally, yeah. Of that. There's yeah. evidence of, of feelings leading per, people astray. Yeah. Yes. Because... And yet you're using... Happened. Hold on. And yet, you're, and yet you're using feelings to conclude with a high degree of certainty that your belief is true. Yeah. Is, 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 is it too rude when you're in situations like that to be really direct and go... What makes your feelings better than other people's feelings and more reliable than other people's? Mm, I don't know if that's rude. I mean, I was I was kind of borderline being rude where I was like, hold on a second. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't finished my Stop question talking. yet. <laughs> you know, but I guess I, th- this conversation was going on pretty long. Uh, yeah. It might be one of the reasons why a lot of the SD examples are 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I think this was closing in on an hour. Yeah. Um, I, I was probably getting frustrated maybe a little bit there too. And, and they're eager to go. This, this probably should have been wrapped up 10 minutes ago. And look mm-hmm. at, I finally get to testing. I bring out this example of testing. You come up to the trail. How do you think you'd fare if you just started going on the trail without looking at a map and you just wanted feelings that you can navigate your way through the trail? Well, yeah, yeah, because again, like I said, some feelings are going to get you in the wrong direction. Some are going to get you the right direction. However, the feelings that you're using have different levels because based on... Oh, okay. I guess I would say this too, though, that like you can't fault anybody for following a feeling that they have, but I think that you can form an opinion based on the fruits of what happened because they acted on those feelings okay does that make sense well can a person can can a person use feelings to conclude that something is true and it really not be true but they still are able to be good people and do good things and have a yeah that's the whole but but that does not make me doubt my feelings again because I think it's different I think we're using the word feelings without having another word to describe what 
again, really that's why maybe I, I said different. Possibly, because yeah. there's. I think that yeah. when you use the word feelings, because I see what you're could, saying that yeah. like, well, if you know, feelings can lead you are leading you to believe mm-hmm. this, but they're leading someone else to do yeah. something. Bad. I think yeah, feelings like, you can use. I, I, as more, I think it's just it's personal. It's something yeah. only within yourself. And that again, you can that's that's discover. that's the basis of yeah. the the the, uh, the Latter Day Saint Church. It's it's personal. They give you, you a church, be, however. Everything in is individualized. Yeah, you have, you, it's something that you have to discover for You can't yourself. get away Somebody from doing a sales pitch. Yeah, I can't give it church. to my kids. Somebody I can't, can't, get away I can't from tell me. my kids, hey. And they're, they're just talking over each other, too. Right yeah. church. All I can tell my kids is this. They the didn't come out with church the, is something our feelings are the special ones. And that's it. I can show you. the. Like, I can tell my kid, hey, son, this is the cake that I love to eat. Would you like a piece? I know, but I'm, I'm well, maybe we should pick it up again because I was you thinking can, these are like you can even though I wasn't yeah day, even though I wasn't <laughs> as intellectual and in that area, but when I was growing up in my twenties, like it probably like twenty years old, right before we met, I was like <laughs> I know, but there was like something. Do you come I, to the I show was a lot for something? No, this is no, our first time. First oh, well, it's cool to be. But I will email you. Usually at this time of day, if the weather's good, I'm out here. So I, maybe e- yeah. email me. Yeah, yeah email. email me. And I want you to email me questions back, like things that you're thinking and things that because I see where you're saying you're saying like, be, I think you're kind of like it's to the point real. where where like it's if feelings aren't 100 percent, then why are you going based on these feelings? Yes. Yeah. So. I understand that, but well, more like, more yeah, like, if, like, if feelings are unreliable, if, if, if feelings are if feelings are an unreliable way to come to a truth, yeah. how could you be so sure that what you're believing in is true? Yeah. And, so and, you can answer that. Yeah, and that again, in the car on the way to <laughs> yeah, Costco. That goes. That, well, I just I'll say it really. That goes why we're here on Earth to be tried and tested to make choices. That's it. We're going to be judged on the choices that we're made. And those are based on your feelings, right? That guy fatigues. Yeah, so he fatigues her too. Ones, but we'll do some right ones, and then we'll be judged on it. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. That was almost painful at the end. Oh, that's my favorite part. Well, <laughs> I'm really sorry about all the background noise on this one. There must have been at least four planes that flew overhead and some very noisy passerby. I don't have too much control over that type of thing. A very nice couple eager to share their views on Mormonism with me. I was also very excited to interview some Mormons. I mean, I've chatted with people from the LDS church before, but none of those chats had been recorded. I think my enthusiasm at meeting Mormons at the start may have helped put this couple at ease and may have even led to them being a little bit more open and less defensive. However, many times the other person jumped in right after the other finished speaking. So there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for quiet reflection and I think that probably hampered the entire talk overall. I'm fairly certain that I would have had a far more productive talk with each person individually in half the time, but that's what seems to happen when you interview more than one person simultaneously. I'm usually pretty good about keeping joint interviews focused, but I feel like I didn't do a very good job on this one, despite Jenny even jumping in here and there to help me out. That was pretty cool to see. Now, Jenny did seem more open and willing to explore the epistemology of her belief, while it seemed like Anthony kept drifting back to doctrine and scripture. I might also point to this talk when trying to make the case that God-believers should also be studying street epistemology. Just imagine Jenny learning SE and continuing to challenge their deeply held beliefs. At one point, I think she even asked Anthony, how do you know that? Near the end, Jenny seemed ready to go. She was hungry and they needed to run some errands. Although it appeared that Anthony wanted to keep talking. 
I'd really like to receive some feedback in the comments below from people familiar with Mormonism. Let me know which questions you think landed best and if there's anything that I missed. There's a good chance I'll encounter Mormons again, and I'd love to be better prepared. Yeah. I guess on the upside, Anthony, even though maybe he didn't reflect on it as much as Jenny, it definitely seemed like he enjoyed it and he wanted to keep talking. I take that as a, as a positive. Yeah, but I would say he wanted to keep talking about his beliefs, not even taking your questions as realistic. He was, he was thinking he was going to land testimony that would get you wanting to come to church. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he was definitely broadcasting, not receiving. <laughs> many times, many times. Hey, Anthony, I have a question. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of these um, conversations, SC conversations, lead to people losing their faith. I know it's it's hard enough for an individual to lose their faith. You know, you've got your family, you've got your spouse. A lot of times, you know, you lose your community. But I'm wondering if you ever run into any clergy or any people like that. They're in the, I don't know what the higher-ups of the Mormon faith are called, but have you ever run into anybody in the higher-ups who are doubting or, or have you ever... Uh, seen any SE used on on people that are in the clergy? There was one video, I think a guy, I think it was out of Australia where a guy was using SE with a clergy member and asked the percentage and it was a shockingly low number. And then I Mm -hmm. think the guy ended up blurring the video just out of like, does this priest really understand what he just disclosed here? So I have seen some examples of it. I've, I've had a few examples, but nothing on camera. It's more getting an email from somebody who's been watching SE videos who, yeah. who's stuck. They're, they're, uh, they are in the church. They rely on it for a career, and they're starting to doubt. There is a wonderful organization called the Clergy Project. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. familiar with it. Are you a part of it at all? No, although it's um, is it related to? I think it's related to. It's a, it's a it's an offshoot organization, if I'm not mistaken, of recovering from religion. Recovering from religion is an organization where you can go if you're a doubting believer, and and professional believers can go there too. If you're in the clergy, you can go there, but they probably end up directing directing you to the clergy project. It's a very tight knit, highly vetted. Uh, forum basically for people who who are they have jobs they they preach they they are paid a salary because they believe uh, because they're purported to believe and they don't believe anymore they don't know what to do they don't have skills and there's that there's the wonderful organization the secular I'm sorry the clergy project is what it's called yeah and I understand did I, did I say secular therapy project or clergy well, project no the clergy project is the yeah one. um and then I understand that's really grown it's up to like I think 600, 600 members at this point. Which is- Last I checked, uh, one of the guys who was the lead of that, Drew Beckius, I'm not sure if he still is, when he passed through San Antonio, he was saying it was like in the 880s. Oh, is it This was about number? a year ago. Wow. So their, their numbers may have gone down or up, I don't know. But it's a wonderful organization. If you are stuck and you don't know where to go, uh, they can help you. They, they can really help you. But I, I don't run into a whole lot of of people. It's usually people who message me out of the blue that want to talk or that I usually end up guiding them to like the secular. Um, uh, I, keep, I keep confusing these. 
um, clergy the project. clergy project. Right. Yeah. 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 That's, those are real interesting stories to me, uh, Jerry DeWitt and those kind of people, which yeah. is just really amazing. I mean, where, where would, where would you go? What would you do? That's your job. That's your, what people are expecting of you. And then you can't just let go, even if you don't, even if you don't believe it anymore. I just think those, those stories are uh, extra interesting to me, but thank you for that. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I have to remind myself too, like when, when I watch, when I do a recap like this, like a breakdown video, or if I'm doing an interview or even the, the podcast that I have, I try not to be too lighthearted about what we do. Like I, I don't try not to joke around too much because these uh, coming to the realization that you might be believing something that's not true. And there's a huge cost is a devastating, can be a very devastating thing for a lot of people. So I, I try to temper my enthusiasm with this method, with the realization that people are really invested in these beliefs. There could be a huge cost to them, like financially and personally, and in so many other ways, physically, mentally. That, and I mentioned this at the, the, the last end of our, the end of the last show that we did. That you're not messing around when you're using this approach. You have to be very cognizant of the, the potential. That, that these questions can have on people. A conversation like that may very well have broken up the marriage of John and uh, of Anthony and Jenny. Yeah. Oh, who, yeah. who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I, and uh, I, I don't want to go onto a big tangent cause we've been doing this for a long time. Um, but I Reed mentioned in our last conversation that he was a fan of Jonathan Haidt and the Durkheimian model of sacred and profane. Are, are you familiar with that as well, Anthony? Not too much. No, I, I catch a few videos here and there. I'm more of a yeah. video person than book or audio book. So what all of these cases have in common is that the self seems to thin out or melt away and it feels good. It feels really good in a way totally unlike anything we feel in our normal lives. It feels somehow uplifting. This idea that we move up was central in the writing of the great French sociologist Emile Durkheim. Durkheim even called us homo duplex, or two-level man. The lower level he called the level of the profane. Now, profane is the opposite of sacred. It just means ordinary or common. And in our ordinary lives, we exist as individuals. We want to satisfy our individual desires. We pursue our individual goals. But sometimes something happens that triggers a phase change. Individuals unite into a team, a movement, or a nation, which is far more than the sum of its parts. Durkheim called this level the level of the sacred because he believed that the function of religion was to unite people into a group, into a moral community. Durkheim believed that anything that unites us takes on an air of sacredness. And once people circle around some sacred object or value, they'll then work as a team and fight to defend it. Durkheim wrote about a set of intense collective emotions that accomplished this miracle of, of e pluribus unum, of, of making a group out of, out of individuals. Think of the collective joy in Britain on the day World War II ended. Think of the collective anger in Tahrir Square, which brought down a dictator. And think of the collective grief in the United States that we all felt that brought us all together after 9-11. So let me summarize where we are. I'm saying that the capacity for self-transcendence is just a basic part of being human. I'm offering the metaphor of a staircase in the mind. I'm saying we are homo duplex, 
And this staircase takes us up from the profane level to the level of the sacred. When we climb that staircase, self-interest fades away, we become just much less self-interested, and we feel as though we are better, nobler, and somehow uplifted. So here's the million-dollar question for social scientists like me. Is the staircase a feature of our evolutionary design? Is it a product of natural selection, like our hands? Or is it a bug, a mistake in the system? It's just this religious stuff, it's just something that happens when the wires cross in the brain, and that's, you know, Jill has a stroke and she has this religious experience. It's just a mistake. To, to, to what you said, the cost of, the, the cost of leaving a belief system, um, the, the way that I've come to understand it with that Durkheimian model is that because we've evolved in groups of people and those groups have been tied together based on shared fictions, religious beliefs, these kinds of things, that there is a proclivity, a biological pro proclivity to believe in these kinds of things. And that when that goes away, there's an emptiness. Uh, and and if, if you want to watch, a, there's a TED talk that Jonathan Haidt did where he talked about the, 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 the realm of the sacred and the realm of the profane. And the, the sacred is just like a belief that brings you community. And, and it, that's really where the, 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 the biological sense of satisfaction is coming from because now you've been bound together to a group of people and you're safer when you're in a group of people than you are when you're just fending for yourself. Um, and, and so I, I, I would be interested at some point, and maybe this is a future discussion that Reed might want to be involved in is the ethics of, you know, if, if you accept that Durkheimian model and, and he says that homo sapiens are actually homo duplex. We have evolved to need both the sacred and the profane realms of our lives filled with meaning. And when, when you lose religion, you've got this gaping hole of the sacred. And what is it that's going to connect you to a group? And I think that's why you, you talk about these other groups that are out there to help fill that, that void um, when people are going through this. But I, I think it would be an interesting conversation on the the ethics of removing that sacred part if you accept that people are homo duplex on that. But mm -hmm. I, I'm just throwing that out there now at the end of our conversation. Yeah, on, on that point, I, I guess I should disclose, I've been volunteering for recovering from religion at least three years, maybe four now, where I started off as a hotline operator and then now I actually vet people who want to be a volunteer for that organization. So if you want to volunteer for recovering from religion, there's a good chance that I might be doing your intake interview mm. because what, what, uh, what do you do? What, what, what does that organization do? They provide support services for people who are questioning and doubting and they, they don't know where to go. They don't have anyone to talk to. So if you call or go to recovering from religion, you can either chat like a text-based chat or talk to an agent who will listen to you. They don't do SE where they try to challenge like your methodology. Yeah. They will listen to you and ask you questions about what you think the best course of action is. And then they try to give you resources that you tell them that you think that you need. Like, like local resources. Yeah. They, they, they have, 
have a, yeah. form a new community. They have support groups across many of the cities across the United States where if you want a face-to-face community, you can do that. They also have an online community where you can chat with other like-minded people who are expressing doubt, or maybe they're a little bit further along in that, in that journey out. Um, it dawned on me maybe two years into my SE practice that I need to be, I need to spend a lot, I need to spend more time understanding the flip side of these conversations. Let's say Jenny begins to doubt, where does she go? She might have my card and I, I might have a few email exchanges with her, but what other resources are available for them? And that's why I decided to spend more time uh, as an operator taking calls. I had to stop taking calls because people who were calling in were recognizing my voice. <laughs> like you're the so, one that made me call. They're like, Oh yeah, I just watched the video with you. <laughs> so I, and, and then people were reaching out to me afterwards. It was just kind of awkward. So, yeah. so I don't take calls anymore with, with people who need help. But um, I now, like I said, I interview the volunteers coming in, mm-hmm. but it dawned on me like early on that this is, this is, a, this needs to be an important consideration for people who are using this method of SE, I think, because mm-hmm. you can very well be planting a huge, boulder in their shoe like we talked about before and they might start to doubt they might start to question they might start to leave they might start to be looking for other resources where do they go yeah and i didn't want to be caught flat-footed when that happened and i'm really glad that i took the steps to learn the back end part of this yeah Yeah. Uh, that's great and and that's you know the thing i think about all the time that maybe a lot of people just have a, a fear of where do I go? Where do I, where do I land? Oh, am I going to, you know, all these people I see on Sunday or all these people that I know they're, you know, at the church, church banquet or whatever, where do I go for, to have somebody babysit my kids? Uh, right. You know, that fear, they, it, the, the method is great. I think the idea of, of having uh, true things in your life is a great idea, but maybe that's why a lot of people just go, well, you know, maybe not. I'm just going to put it in the back of my head and not even not even address it because what, what would I do? And especially people, like I said, who work in the clergy, what, what would I do with my life? Where do I make money? How do I support my family? You know, it's yeah, just, It's a scary thing, and I think that we could be better at that, and I'm, I'm glad that those things do exist. And uh, I'm sure if I was looking, if I was on the inside of religion looking out, going, well, this makes sense, that's, that, that would be one of, my, one of my first things would be, well, oh, my gosh, where do I go? You know, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I also started a, it's a very small group. We have probably less than 150 people. Uh, it's, I, I started a secret Facebook group. So if you're on, you're into Facebook, not a lot of people are, but I mean, less and less people, it seems are, but if you send an email to emerging faith help at gmail.com, there's a, there's a short questionnaire where we vet you and then we can add you to that group. So if you're looking for a support group, but you don't want to do a face to face, and you're fine, like on the Facebook platform, that might be a good option for you as well. It's, it's people who, it's mainly people who don't believe in a God, but they're surrounded by loved ones who do. Spouses, kids, caregivers, whatever, you name it, friends. And they have no one to talk to or very few people to talk to. Uh, that might be an option for some of your listeners. And that, and that might be a nice experience because there there are... There are groups like that within the ex-Mormon community, but it might be nice to rub elbows with people who have a different, you know, faith background than, yeah. than Mormons and, and be a little less incestuous in some of the mm-hmm. drama that can come along with that. <laughs> there are a few Mormons in there, but it's not, it's not an exclusively Mormon community. Yeah. So yeah. there might be some advantages to being in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually in there. It's a, it's a nice little community. Yeah. 
Cool. I thought you were. I didn't want to say for sure. I didn't want to out you. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, any any final things, uh, Brad or Brian? Um, no, I'm I'm kind of glad this all happened after a few episodes of the uh, a manual for creating atheists uh, smackdown. I was I was a little concerned that it might turn out looking kind of bad just because my experience of street epistemology was completely opposite or kind of polar from what you guys were taking from the book. So that's kind of why I put you in contact with Anthony. Yeah. Um, and I think it's been a, a, a beneficial couple of episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I'm glad you did too. And, and uh, that I, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, my, experience with street epistemology now isn't just limited to the audiobook and i do think that the audiobook is a different experience than just reading it in print it's funny these days that there are so many ways to stumble across street epistemology besides the book mm-hmm. that i think reed even mentioned like he did a survey in one of the facebook groups a lot of people yeah. don't even even a lot of people who are in the se groups have never even read the book yeah, and those who have maybe they're they've moved on to other things like the forums that we, that were there. There are people who are talking about it, or the app, or the countless videos that are out there, or the street epistemology guide, which is like a thirty-page guide that might actually be more detailed. That if you if you want to practice, be, be a practitioner of this method, not even necessarily on the street, but it's like a detailed guide of how to do this. Uh, so yeah, when, when we see people who are like, they're jumping on the book or like, okay, yeah, hopefully they, they look beyond the book because I do think it's come such a very long way since the book. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and thank you, Brian, for getting us in touch with these folks. Um, I love your podcast, by the way. It's, it's so well produced. Oh, thanks. Uh, it's really, it's really great. And yeah, thank you for giving us the opportunity to come on and talk about it. And then again, do the breakdown of this video. Oh, my pleasure. I kept expecting music to just start popping up during this whole uh, podcast. Oh, no, I do that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, Glenn's only just started working here. He's got hours and hours ahead of him probably. I've been, sit- I've been sitting in this chair for probably 10 hours today. I mean, it's a sad, sad Sunday, but I just, I, I had stuff I had to get done with uh, this podcast, other podcasts and stuff. So yeah, I'm sitting here a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on Anthony and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll find some things to talk with you uh, in the future as well. And, yeah, uh, for sure. You, and if if I come across a let's say I have another conversation with a Mormon and I think it's pretty good, I'll send it your way and maybe you can take a look at it. Yeah, cool. All right, thanks guys. Thanks for having us on. All right, take care. Good night. This is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Dutchley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? Think of the collective joy in Britain on the day World War II ended. Think of the collective anger in Tahrir Square, which brought down a dictator. And think of the collective grief in the United States that we all felt that brought us all together after 9-11.
So let me summarize where we are. I'm saying that the capacity for self-transcendence is just a basic part of being human. I'm offering the metaphor of a staircase in the mind. I'm saying we are homo duplex, and this staircase takes us up from the profane level to the level of the sacred. When we climb that staircase, self-interest fades away, we become just much less self-interested, and we feel as though we are better, nobler, and somehow uplifted. So here's the million-dollar question for social scientists like me. Is the staircase a feature of our evolutionary design? Is it a product of natural selection, like our hands? Or is it a bug, a mistake in the system? It's just this religious stuff, it's just something that happens when the wires cross in the brain, and that's, you know, Jill has a stroke and she has this religious experience. It's just a mistake. Well, many scientists who study religion take this view. The new atheists, for example, argue that religion is a set of memes, sort of parasitic memes, that get inside our minds and make us do all kinds of crazy religious stuff, self-destructive stuff like suicide bombing. And after all, how could it ever be good for us to lose ourselves? How could it ever be adaptive for any organism to overcome self-interest? Well, let me show you. Thank you for listening to Infants on Thrones.